Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, and thank you for being back with us here. It is episode number 191, our season 20 debut, and it is Monday, September the 7th, 2020, Labor Day. Hope you're having a nice three-day weekend, perhaps on a day off. I'm Joe Murata. I'm joined, as always, by Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy doody. We're back, Quinn. We're, we're back. We made it. We're uh, back off of break. Last week, we went to MSG with Richie. We did. Yes. Oh wow. Oh yes. Remember, we did. We, tr- we all traveled there to right. MSG. We went. We in in the time machine. Of, of course. course. Yes. Right. To 1987. But we're back now. It is season 20. Right. Well, and that's we're catching up to the Simpsons. Right. Ugh. It's going to be a while though. Yeah. But it's more seasons than Roseanne. So we that's, are that's ahead of Roseanne. Yes. Because if we include all the Connors and everything, <laughs> right. like they're in like the teens somewhere. Right. So we're ahead of that. And uh, folks, we thank you for being ahead of the curve and being with us here uh, on Labor Day as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling. I want to remind you of a couple of things before we get to our retro talk uh, you can go to twitter at ovp podcast and follow us there we do have a bunch of clips tons of clips all the clips uh, all the clips you need really. all of them they're, they're <laughs> in a in a case somewhere we keep them yeah we just disperse them yeah, yeah. Halliburton, yeah. exactly so go to at ovp podcast on twitter you can also email us of course at ovp podcast at gmail.com that is uh, vp podcast at gmail.com but michael we still have a great place if people want to talk to you and me and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics that is where? Over at the uh, Facebook.com slash Halliburton. Yes. It's a, it's a case of Facebook. It's a C- wonder- Casebook. It's a Casebook. Yes. They renamed it just for this, just for our group. <laughs> just for this anyway, segment. You know how you get there? There's no. a search bar. You type, our vantage point, dash, retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tubes, gore, kafui. You know, operators standing by. You yeah. hit the buttons. It's all, it's all very simple. Scientific. Yeah. It's it, easy. It sounds, it's more, it's harder to describe than it is like it actually is. It's easier yeah, done can, than said. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's even hard to say that it's not hard. Correct. Yeah. But you know what is easy about it? You go over there and you talk to people about the retro wrestling. That's the only thing. And the whole point is, you know, we know on the internet people like to argue about like literally anything you could think of. Right. We try to do that in a very uh, civilized way here, meaning we talk about stuff. We, we share opinions on the old wrestling. We ask questions and memories. There's one cardinal rule. Cardinal. And that is what, Quinn? No dingus tree. Yeah, don't be a dingus. Don't, don't do it. Stop it's, it. Do we have a shirt yet for that? No, but we might need one of those. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a dingus or something well, just, like that. D- just dingus in big letters. Don't be it. Anyway, you can talk about all the old wrestling over there. We're talking WWF, WCW, AWA, I guess, if you know, you're yeah, into that I, sort of I, thing, Ruben. Whatever. Uh, whatever you want. Just be nice, be respectful, and have a really good time. That's on Facebook. And, Quinn, you know what's coming out. Mm. You know what people need to be on the lookout for on Patreon? Is what is that? Royal Rumble 91. Royal Rumble. Yes. It has a run-in that's good. Uh, and the best it's run-in. It's also got a rumble. It has a rumble. rumble There's Royal. no friends, Quinn. There's only foes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> be careful. It's <laughs> so, scary. So if you want to get your hands on, which is actually out right now. That's right. Royal Rumble 1991 is out right now. So why don't you go get it? Right, Quinn? Ah, uh, yeah. 
Uh, howdy doody. So make sure you go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. What do you mean this sounds like I'm adding it in in post-production? This is definitely being recorded at the same time as the rest of the show. Slash OVP podcast. But Quinn, it's episode number 191. It's season 20, which means we are counting down now to episode 200. 200. This is where the season will culminate. The and bicentennial. Yes, the bicentennial of OVP. And as a thank you to our fans who have been so, like, whether they've been with us since 2016 or have picked up along the way, even the newer fans. You mean since 2000, right? Yeah, since obviously 20, 20 years. 20 year seasons, yeah. <laughs> but they're so loyal, and I really mean that. They are, and they, yeah. like, it, it's just, it's really nice to, to have people that want to hear this show. And so we decided to, uh, to start collecting some mail from you guys and right. to take questions from you. You know, Quinn and I have been game show hosts in the past. We have. We've done it before. Yeah. And we decided to bring out another game show for you, but it's more of like a, an infomercial. <laughs> yeah. And it's called Ask OVP. So what we're going to be doing this time around is, come on in, young man, bring in the mail sack. We're bringing in the mail sack every single week. Don't get any paper yeah, cuts please, on that careful. Mail, please. And what we're going to do is we're going to pull out a letter. We're going to read the mail. And we're going to talk about whatever the question is. Okay. I think we can handle that. Can you do that, Quinn? Can the boy hand us the the paper? Boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Turn that off. Thank you. Uh, Boy. Okay. Thank you very much. I'm going to open this one up, Quinn. Okay. Okay. This is from Brian Morse. Brian. Hi, Brian. Big friend of the show. Big fan of the uh, the Southern wrestling. Not doesn't care so much for the WWF. So why he listens to us is beyond me. The wrestling. Yeah, we cover it. We cover it all around here. We do. And he's a big fan of Ric Flair. I mean, you better not say anything negative about that old coot. I'm a big fan too. Yes, you are. But Brian wants to know, and this is a great question, Quinn. You'll like this one. Okay. What if Ric Flair went to the WWF in 1988, like he almost did, which is true? What matchups would we have done, etc.? That's a great question, Brian. Thank you very much. I have signed one more contract to wrestle you for the maximum amount of money ever paid a professional wrestler. Let's think about that. So, first thoughts. Um, obviously, he would have come from an egg. And that would have that <laughs> yeah, would have been obviously. they would have had to do that early. Yeah, the gobbledygooker yeah. angle would have he would have been the gobbledygooker in eighty eight. Right. Yeah, in eighty eight they would have, you know that in ninety that was just like well it didn't work <laughs> out in eighty eight. They yeah. were they were planting an egg all along. And Hector's like it was a good idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you bitches. Yeah. The gobbledygooker was a good thing. Anyway, Ric Flair, yeah, there there's a in case you're not aware, folks, there's a lot of talk that Ric Flair, possibly the rest of the horsemen, we know Tully and Arn came in at the tail end of eighty eight. We're in talks with Vince McMahon to come in and possibly around SummerSlam 88, possibly during the Brother Love show, which wound up being Jim Duggan in a pointless segment that Quinn loves. Yeah. <laughs> Remember wow. that? You're like a big it's fan great. of that one. It's wonderful. <laughs> and uh, that really would have really changed the landscape of the so, WWF in 88 So by 88, right, we got the Mega Powers, right? They're, they're, they're headline in SummerSlam. They're existing. The Macho Man's the champion. I'm sure it's already in their mind that they're going to go Hogan and Savage for WrestleMania 5. Now, if I if I was them, though, what I would have had is the Macho Man goes down nefariously to Ric Flair. So this set up at WrestleMania 5, Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan, right? I mean, okay, that, so you build it about six months. Right, exactly. Like, right? just somehow, I don't know. But this is weird because you mix all the the existing flair stuff that we know that he has with the Macho Man also. Yeah, I know. Because you have to because he's the champion coming in. So how do you debut him is the first thing I want to get to here. How do you debut him? How do you debut Ric Flair? Is I it actually a surprise? think Brother Love is a great idea. Like, Did that, he have the credibility by then? Yeah. He's only been around a couple of months, Brother Love. Uh, it boosted so? the credibility too at, at, at the same time, you know? Boosted Brother Love's credibility. Right, right. <laughs> well, the thing that I have a problem with 
not a problem, but the thing that we need to reconcile, right, is we all know Ric Flair, TBS, you know, Crockett, all that stuff. Right. So if you're a wrestling wrestling fan, you know Ric Flair, right? Right. But how does Vince do this where it's like he doesn't want to admit that there's other wrestling that's important? That's mm-hmm. the thing. He'll say there's other wrestling in the 80s, like with Harley Race. All you got to do is vaguely how do you say do it? champion from around the world or whatever. You know what they do. I know that, like, but like in 91, they had the advantage of having the belt. They don't have that in 88, let's say, right? Yeah. So then how do you do it? How do you, to the WWF audience, a lot of which are kids that really may not know who Ric Flair is. Sorry. He wasn't what? like a celebrity. To yeah, the, but uh, the, to the kids that only watch WWF, they well, don't know who okay. this old white-haired man is. Right. They don't. But the one thing that the, that, that only watch WWF. The I'm one saying. thing that you have to remember though is WWF was on cable, right? And so was, so was Cro- TBS. Yes, exactly. So I don't think the fans were completely unaware because it was probably only a couple channels away. That you know what I mean? Around the country, it wasn't just like in an area. In that sure, case. but a lot of the times though. You have kids that got into it because of Hulk Hogan and st- like they have right. nothing. It's not about wrestling. It's not about like oh, good wrestling. You don't matches. think they read the wrestler? Or, no, uh, six year olds. Uh, okay. They're just like oh, colors. Oh, the Ultimate Warrior. You know yeah. the guy with the snake. They're yeah. not like oh, good technical wrestling. Are you kidding me? I don't think Ric Flair was just that at his at his peak. He was also shiny like a, robes and yeah, stuff. Was, yeah, he was fun. Yeah, but you, uh, kids really relate to a jet flying limousine ride and you know, ladies man. Well, right? if he entered the WF, they start would have started. Doing but that's that. how that's what I'm trying to get to first. Right? Is how do you debut him? Do you think you just bring him in and say this guy's good? Does that work? I mean, they did it in the past. <laughs> yeah, but, but like okay. like you said, Harley Race. But they never put Harley Race. Much to the chagrin of people, in like a big main event program. I mean, he did fight Hogan. That's Do you not think good they enough. They would have though. given Ric Flair a stupid gimmick like King well, Flair or something. Like, that's like, what I'm worried about, right? Everyone <laughs> romanticizes. When Vince did get Flair only a few years later, they made him important, but I don't know. It's like they didn't fully try to. So, I don't you, know. My biggest problem with the with the later Flair is that for some reason he always was in his like sparkly bathrobe, like and never like <laughs> very rarely in never a suit. in a suit, which is like that's like the uniform of Ric Flair when he's not wrestling. It's true. It's, it's like very weird. Yeah, I, I, I was like, why is he just standing here in his robe? He's not even wrestling. Like it doesn't make any sense. Right. You're wearing your robe and your your wrestling attire. What's going on here? That's because anyone that knows anything about Ric Flair. Knows knows that he stays ready for any kind of action. But anyway, like, yes, we, I don't so know. So we bring him in, right? They, they don't, you don't need to do that much. To be fair, comparably to, like, a Harley Race, like, who was a fucking old man by then, or, like, all these other people they brought in, like, or Kamala, or, like, any of these, like, anybody that was elsewhere, <laughs> right? Ric Flair at least has the, he was the most known. I know, outside, I agree. Outside, you know what I mean? I he, agree with you. I don't think you didn't, you could have just had either. Gorilla. For those who don't know, yeah. he won a belt somewhere. We don't recognize that shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like Respected champion. Yeah, we'll take a look at him. And then Bobby just fawns over him or something True. on challenge. And then you're you done. You can do that. You're yeah. right. And on primetime a lot, yeah. you know? Yeah. Okay, fair. So then we put him against Hulk Hogan WrestleMania 5. That's the big money match. Right. In Atlantic City. But that could work. So the thing is, is Flair has to win over a name and the macho man is is a perfect target so does like, he does he like work his way up the ladder quickly basically yeah maybe have him beat like duggan and like people who don't lose in yeah, Duggan like, doesn't lose yeah, often. like a lot right. of uh, like on tv like yeah. not on a paper right right, right. Uh, just on television right superstars feature match or something right and it's like whoa he beat like duggan or like you know what i mean like people who don't ever lose brutus the barber i right, don't know right, like yeah. hogan people does bobby manage him 
probably. I just mean, because, right? right? Yeah, it's, it's got to be. And it's not any pre-existing thing that I'm thinking of, like that the future or whatever. It just makes sense, right? It just makes Top sense heel. because he had J.J. Dillon or whatever, yeah. so he's got to have like the, that version of him. Maybe he has Andre helping him out sometimes. Yeah, oh yeah, that's another, that's another rub there is you associate him with Andre the Giant. Right, okay. All these things to say, like, look, this guy's good. He can, he's capable of beating Hogan, and the 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 mark of that should be like he beats the Macho Man at like SummerSlam or something. So he comes in before SummerSlam, then. Okay. Yeah, around that time, whatever, right. whatever the first pay per view opportunity he has, Survivor Series, whatever. This is so sticky though, because I think what it does, rather than try to fantasy book the entire run, right? Because right. when would he leave, right? Yeah. I think the problem is, what does it do to DiBiase? Mm-hmm. What does it do to Savage? What does it do to the mega powers? Arc? I feel like DiBiase. These is are already, all great things. DiBiase has already been established by the point that we're talking, right? It's so not he like, just continues on as normal, basically. You know, D- DiBiase. <laughs> the shitty eighty nine. Actually, actually, honestly, yeah, it's like his eighty nine was good anyway. Yeah, honestly, there should be DiBiase involvement with Ric Flair because money, money, Duh. money. Like, yeah, you don't. DiBiase brings him in. You, yeah, that, you, there it is. You know, you know how they <laughs> used to. He's always. Farting around back there, like he, maybe this is like his master plan right. to defeat Hulk Hogan, like after he got screwed or whatever. DiBiase brings him in even yeah. better. But DiBiase he, still on like the brother love Bobby show. and every like all you got. You know what the best part about Ric Flair is? You can like associate him with all these people. It makes like sense. it's this big conglomeration of assholes, right? It's it does just, make sense like, though, right? Yeah. Not bad. Okay, yeah. I like that because DiBiase's eighty nine anyway was dumpy. Right. So it's like it wouldn't hurt the rest of he'll, his, he'll be, right? He'll be, he'll be fine. fine. Yeah. He'll get his million-dollar belt, and he'll be okay. My main concern, though, is what does it do to the Mega Powers, one of the most fondly remembered, well-executed WWF story arcs ever, literally ever. Well, that's the thing, is that now that I think about it, right, this is better to happen at Survivor Series than SummerSlam because we still need to establish the establish Mega Powers. I think we could, like, fit all this in still, right? It's like, <laughs> okay. that's the thing. It's just, we, it was drawn out because it was the only thing, right? So do you think that, oh, I have an idea. What? What if the Mega Powers stay together, but then just after, after, oh, wait a minute, though. Hogan's going to be the champion at Why don't they break five? up over, no, why don't they break up over some bullshit that happens where they can't beat Flair and, like, some and Million Dollar Man and all that at Survivor Series? But what about those eyes, whatever. Lust and Elizabeth? You know, that can all be It all there. has to like, happen. It, it can all those be. Those eyes need to Lust Elizabeth. It could also, there could be this combined reasoning. You know how with the Mega Powers, right, their enemy was DBS. Yes. Like, their enemy is DBS, DBS, Andre, and Ric Flair. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I guess so. Something like that. That's all you need to do. Now, let me ask you a question. It all can fit. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm, I don't have any reason to think it couldn't. Let's go to the other side then. This is, this is kind of like a butterfly effect, really, right, is yeah. what this type of segment is. It just mixes it up more. What the hell happens to uh, Jim Crockett promotions? Who cares? Because this is right around the time when Turner bought it. And he's like, I lack Ric Flair. Well, when Turner bought it, <laughs> you I know? remember they were like, Ric Flair's old, though. No, 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 no. Turner loved Ric Flair. It was Jim Hurd, like, eventually was like, I'm Within, stupid. Like, two years. Two years. That, about like, 90. They would have just happened. They would have just. Yeah. yeah but who's the top guy? Sting. Yeah, I know. And. Um, Big heel. Luger? Yeah. That the It's not good. But it's <laughs> I all, like Luger, don't it, get me wrong. Here's the thing is that you don't know maybe those two characters would have been much better with you know Dusty Rhodes at the helm back there to use them. Yeah, I mean you he know? was just about on his way out. Does he stay? Does he never come to WWF because he like yeah. needs to <laughs> do I don't shit know, because over there. he needs to like fix <laughs> yeah. what happens without Rick Flair. Yes. I mean, it's possible. There you're right, this is very butterfly. It is. Like it, it, there's there's a lot of Things that change. I think it's good that it didn't happen. 
in retrospect. I mean, look, I you, think even just like I know we're we're saying in '88. I think '89 yeah. would have been a better time for it for everyone involved. Well, then we don't have these uh, flare steamboat matches in '89 that everyone fawns over there and crock yeah. it. Uh, I mean, who hmm. knows if? What maybe, do you do without the matches? What are you gonna do without matches? Maybe steamboat would have jumped back again. You never know. Here's the thing: is that he left at WrestleMania four or whatever. Mm-hmm. That means he would have only been gone for like a couple months, and maybe he just says, "You know what? Fuck this!" Like fuck Rick the Fla- little dragon, Rick Bonnie. Fla- Rick Flair's not here. You know what Rick I mean? Flair's not well, because who's he going to work with? You know what I mean? Like as far as his career is concerned. Oh, he- how dare he lower himself to someone beneath Rick Flair? Is that what you mean? It's just Come that on. I think part of he wanted to go work with people like that, and that was part of it. You know? No, I understand. I know. Maybe he'd just say, "You know what? I'll just go back to Vince." It's not like he's not going to take me back. I just don't. Well, you never know with Vince. Imagine um, this roster and Steamboat lurking around also. Like, it, it would yeah. have been. In, imagine the Something ro- has to give, though. Yeah, imagine the roster. I mean, we would have maybe lost down card stuff like Honky Tonk or whatever because That's of all yeah, thing. Yeah, Where does the warrior fit in? There's yeah, a lot of pieces in this yeah, puzzle, Quinn. Exactly. WWF just wasn't singularly focused on good wrestling matches, though. But I don't consider the, it a good. With, with Rick Flair, Flair and Steamboat, you do. Yes, but with Rick Flair and Hulk Hogan, the the main centerpiece of all this, right? The thing that they want, that's just showmanship. That is pure oh, WWF. Rick Flair versus Hulk Hogan is like a dream match, and it's known. But unless Vince McMahon can print more money with Ric Flair than he can Hogan, Hogan's always going to get the upper hand in that. Oh no! Always. I don't care who wins. That's not right. That's not what's important to me. Is the what's well, important point, to other people? The point to me. Is that we get Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania of some, even if it's five or six, whatever. When Hogan's more in his prime and Flair is still very, 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 very good. Right. Is that what you mean? I mean, either five or six would be the sweet spot. Even if they say they, they needed a year, maybe they still do the Mega Powers explode thing and, you know, whatever. With Hogan's previous opponents, and I'm talking your Roddy Pipers, the crazy, right? Right. Your um, big fat guys like King Kong Bundy, mm-hmm. the unstoppable Andre the Giant, Kamala, Kamala, all these people. Whether it's a, a bigger guy or there's an element of, like, with Savage, you know, just like, he's a really good wrestler and he's crazy. What do you do with Flair to establish him that he's a match for Hulk Hogan? Because I think that that's what the 1991 and 92 audience didn't see. The thing that stands out the most, the biggest opportunity is he beats the Macho Man. He beats like, the Macho Man. cleanly beats him. He just legitimately beats the Macho Man. Is that a big enough get by 88, you yes. think? You think it yes. is? 100% Yes. That's the only thing I'm worried about is with any other Hogan opponent, there's some that element starts of, to turn Macho Man because he loses his shit. Yeah, All right. I can see it. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, it's always an interesting aspect. You know, like what if this happened? What if that yeah. happened? Look, I just I'm happy that it didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, because I really like that period of the WWF from '88 to '90. The thing is, the '92 run of Flair is actually really, really good. And to I lose that, that also, I mean, because this would eventually, this would just delete. <laughs> yeah, Royal Rumble '92, which is like one of the best things ever. It's interesting to think about what would have happened, but also if you would have said in 1984, "Oh, what if Hulk Hogan and Harley Race fight?" Yeah, I mean, they in '84 that would have sounded cool. Right? Yeah, and yeah. they did, and no one. I mean, it was cool. I like it, but yeah. it's not good enough for people. I still, you know? I find it hard to believe that the thing was with Harley Race is he wasn't in his prime. I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't like totally try to capitalize on Ric Flair in his prime. Well, by 88, he's, what, 39, 40? I mean, Race, I, uh, but Race has, wasn't that much older than yeah, that when he was in. But to be fair, Ric Flair is, like, 
peak Ric Flair during that time. Like that, he is. He, no, he's on like a career renaissance. Between like eighty five and eighty nine, he's amazing. He is like the, totally. That's like his. To me, that's his top period. He's uh, he's unbelievable. Right, no, he really is. So, he really is. So for they would capitalize on that would not be a this isn't going to make enough money issue i don't right. think because like, otherwise why bring the guy in right if exactly you're banking on that i understand it uh folks let us know what you think though let us know what you think would have happened if they brought in flair in 88 what how would they have done it would it have been better than what we got i'm sure a lot of you are going to say it is if you like rick flair and if you like wrestling if you like the wwf's brand of sports entertainment yeah. i can see just and, leaving it as it is and i contend with the landscape that they had in the length of time that they had that i think they could have fit everything that we remember in and had <laughs> rick flair i'm not even kidding it's very possible yeah. folks and you let us know that and if you have a question that you want answered go to our facebook group there is an announcement post put it in there and you too can ask ovp but quinn when we come back it is a brand new season which means it's a brand new Royal Rankings and Royal Flush. We are talking about stables. We are talking about factions. And that will be coming up right after this. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Later today, Ric Flair will be going, as many people say, for the final time for the World Heavyweight title. For a man who's won it five times, Rick, how does this extra pressure affect you? Well, what it tells me, Lance Russell, is today, woo, I've got the style and profile like never before. Steamboat, let me go on record as telling the whole world you are the greatest wrestler on the face of this earth but pal today right here you gotta beat rick flair one more time remember steamboat and pal i'll kiss your boots if you can do it but to be the man you gotta beat the man and i'm saying woo right here in nashville tennessee pal I'm the man. Ric Flair and Steamboat, you're gonna be mine! Woo! From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's episode number 191. It is Monday, September the 7th, 2020. And Quinn, we mentioned coming out, coming out. People want to look for it. No friends, only foes. The foes, all the foes. <laughs> completely foe is Royal Rumble 1991. And you can find that only on Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Now, the reason we do that, folks, is not this type of like get rich quick scheme or something like that. No, content. Yeah. Content is key. Yeah, it's that's what king, I've heard. Controversies, cash, yes, and all this. All like, that sea alliteratives. Yeah. And you can see our content over on patreon.com slash OVP podcast. All you do is you go to that URL and you look at it and you say, all right, I want to sign up for the $5 tier. I want to get these pay per view reviews that everyone's talking about. You sign up, you get access right away. You get charged on the first of the month. I'm telling you guys, there's a, over 300 Patreon posts over there. Yeah. It's insane. Pieces of content, and whatever you want to call them. And they're all pieces of content. It's not like ripoff posts or anything like that. Just trust me. I find, Go over found there. at a minimum, most of them are like an hour. Maybe the littlest stuff is a half an hour, but still, it's like each piece is crazy. Yeah. So Majority are over an hour. You know, really. And these pay-per-view reviews are three hours, sometimes more. Now, who's this for? It's for people that like OVP all 
already, mm-hmm. which is probably you if you're listening. And if you've been thinking about trying it, just try it. Like yeah. it, it takes five seconds to sign up, and then you don't get charged until the first of the month. And you get to hear what Quinn thinks of Survivor Series 1987. No spoilers. I have <laughs> And uh, you just get to support OVP and get a ton of extra stuff. So if you want to, try it out. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. No obligation, but it's worth a shot is all I'm trying to say. That's it. All right, Quinn. Royal rankings time. It's the rankings, baby. It's the rankings. And what, a- what do we got lined up for Woo! this this week? It's a or year. This or what, year. Th- yeah. This year, season, whatever. <laughs> it's a brand new season. Now, yeah. what is the Royal rankings? Well, before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to go over on our Facebook group and to give us a list of your top 10 and your bottom 10 of something. And for this season... It is factions, stables, you know, Mm. groups of guys that wrestle and are associated with each other. Great one. I'm really looking forward to it. And we asked Joe Merkel, our chief statistician, to tally up the top 10 of everything and the bottom 10 of everything. So that way, by the end of the season, what you're going to have is the definitive OVP scientifically ranked, ordained, baptized, vetted, non-GMO, vetted, vetted, USDA certified, organic, and healthy, best and worst factions of wrestling of all time now this week is the best the rankings next week we will kick off the flush which Mm -hmm. is the worst okay so basically what's going to happen is we're going to pull two names out this week we're going to rank them and then every other week we're going to alternate with the rankings so by the end of the season you're going to have your top and bottom it's going to be great now quinn yes before we introduce this let's just talk real quick about a faction okay a stable what do you think makes a good one well, the members, it's got to have, like, top-tier guys, Top-tier right? guys, okay. Top-tier guys. It's got to be a very powerful force, right? Something that's really hard to overcome. Something that involves a long arc in the company. Right, where there's it's an like, end game. Right, there's uh, all these wrestlers are combining. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Infinity Wars, I guess, of, like, wrestling is, is a big faction, a big okay. evil faction, there you right? Go. It's like all the wrestlers, they got a good guy's got to team up to battle this faction or whatever. Is it like the Justice League? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's basically wrestling's version of that. Of the Justice League. Justice League or whatever combination of superheroes people getting together to fight right. a force. Okay. That's, yeah. that's a good way to put it. Now, does a name matter? Um, It can. It helps. It helps. It helps, I'm right? I'm sure there's ones with dumb names that were okay. Sure. Some type of uh, congruity, some type of unity, right? Yeah. It always helps. Now, it probably, in, in terms of real life, it benefits the wrestlers involved and it benefits right. the company. It can elevate people who may not be on their own very good. Right. But if they're in this faction, you're like, well, they're a member of that. So, you know, they're pretty good. Boom. I like yeah. it. I like it. All right. Well, with all that said, why don't we go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. Are you ready? Yeah, Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta, Shield. Anytime you see the four horsemen together, it's something special. I'm talking about Bad Street USA. The further down the block you went, the better it got. And baby, we lived in the last house. Myself, the chief executive officer of the Dangerous Alliance. And the new world organization of wrestling, brother. I love you. It is the Royal Rankings. 
The factions, the stables, Michael. Sierra Hotel, Nova Scotia. <laughs> yeah, like, Nova what, Scotia. Whatever they say. Shin. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that we, I, I'm excited for this one because you know what? In wrestling's history, Quinn, there are a lot of good stables. Yes. There, there really there, are. There really is. <laughs> and you know what's amazing, actually? Just Sierra Hotel, whatever. Yes, yeah, Sierra it, Hotel. They, it's something that like they still do. Like yeah. every couple of years, it's like it's time for the factions. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's like they take a break. They like usually they do like a year arc of like a it's faction, true. True. and then they and then they kind of disappear into the sunset. And I'll tell you what, Quinn, it's going to be fun. You know, people may have their preconceived notion of who's going to be number one already, and that's fine if you do. But the and if you think that, great. But part of the fun is getting there and just getting into these stables, getting into these factions, talking about what made them good and their history and their members. And obviously, next week, we'll be talking about what made them bad in their members. Right. So it's going to be a lot of fun, folks. Hang on for the ride here. The fans are ready to count us down. Without any further ado, let's find out who drew number one. We are the nation of domination. They are the nation of domination, They are Quinn. the nation of constipation, <laughs> or some kids would say. So the Nation of Domination drew number one. I'm actually a tinge surprised that they made it, but I get it, I guess. Well, you know what it is. Yeah, go ahead. Here's the thing: is the Nation of Domination has two distinct eras. It's right? true. It's yes. Like they got the one that's the original, where you're like, "What the hell is this? Like, why, why crush?" Like, yeah, right. But then they got the one that's really, really good in like '98 with The Rock that made him a star and Farouk. Yes. So a little bit of it, and then yeah. you know, D'Lo and yeah, everyone. It, 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 a lot of Breakout characters from right. that one. The Actually, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> everyone. Yeah. All right, perfect. So let's start with that. Right. The Nation of Domination, right? Started in the USWA. Right. Now, a lot of people don't really focus on that, and it's not necessarily good. Now, is that because of Wolfie D and all that <laughs> that shit? Is that why? Yeah. And, and JC Ice. Yes. Yeah. Jamie okay. Dundee. Uh, now, the USWA version, Memphis, wrestling, you know, was not good. It was basically a lot of established wrestlers that were down there, and they gave them new names that were amalgamations of existing names. Like, for example, Shaquille Ali. I'm looking at is these a names. real thing. Kareem Olajuwon. Yeah. Like what? Exactly. Now, for the record here, Shaquille Ali is Tracy Smothers. What? Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it, there's the less said about this era, the better. Tracy Smothers, who was involved in this match, now noticed with Shaquille Ali. The WWF's version of the Nation of Domination debuted, I think, at Survivor Series 1996 mm -hmm. with Farouk, who was previously the blue gladiator idiot-looking thing, which was <laughs> just stupid. Uh, I don't know. I don't what care that, who's in the suit. It's dumb. I don't know what that was supposed to appeal to <laughs> right, right. or who that was. Like, what was he? It, not only is it an insult to Ron, it's not just because it's Ron Simmons. It could have been anybody, and it's stupid. Yeah, it That's was all. so stupid <laughs> that I feel like it also brought down Sonny. Yeah, like, everyone's like, like, like everyone involved, like, Sonny's like, I'm not doing, like, remember that? <laughs> Remember they literally like amicable differences yeah. or whatever. She's like, like I am done, hon. <laughs> this stinks. Like whatever. I'm not mad at you. It's just whoever thought this idea up, it sucks. Like <laughs> I'm gonna go on Livewire now or whatever. <laughs> you know, that's like literally what happened. It's real. So uh, Farouk finally now looks like a human being at Survivor Series and not like a gladiator from the 14th century. <laughs> Farouk, along with Clarence Mason. And he's got a stable of all these unnamed people with him and Clarence Mason. Yeah, like, so, so I love the whole weird, like, who are these, like, just the, the right. suited men and, so, and, and that lady yes, that they never the gave lady. a name to. Yeah. A lot of these people don't have names, right? Yeah. And Delo's there, but not named yet. Yes, he's just a guy that he's one of the guys in that, all right. those people. So the whole idea here, 
And I'm very, I'm being very broad with the way I'm going to describe this, okay? It was very broad, though. Because it was. Yeah. It was basically the nation of Islam combined maybe with some Black Panther, just overall militia aspect, okay? It was like an... Uh, That's the it, idea. It's like a combination of all this, or right. like composite, whatever. Composite, good yeah. way to put it. Can't we all just get along? No, we all can't just get along. You know why? If we could get along, we'd all be one color. And that is the difference, brother, between you and I. I know this, you don't. They had some beef with Ahmed because initially it was something to do with he wouldn't join or something. It's like, I don't do it that way or whatever. <laughs> it was like something like that. I used to be in a gang and now I'm not. That's right, kind of exactly. what it was. And he, my kidney yeah. hurts for right. six months. Imagine <laughs> if they tried to recruit Make a Difference Fatu or something. Like, that would have been interesting. You'd be like, yo, fuck you. Yeah. I, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> would have been good. But you know, they did recruit Crush. Yes. Now that fits right in it to their whole aspect. Well, okay. So it. Yeah, I don't know. Is it because he was an ex-cons? Or that, like, I don't. Uh, people don't like me now, brother. Is that so what it is? I'm serious. It was an outcast thing. Like that. That's literally what was it, it was. Emo? Because there was like this? no. Because there was like a couple weeks where like remember Crush was just wrestling on his own. Oh, I Clarence remember. Mason brought him in. That's right. why there was like a connection Ugh. somehow. God. First of all, that version of Crush is ass. It stinks so <laughs> Jailbird much. Jailbird Crush. Jailbird Crush. Bad. But anyway, so we got him right. right. And we have uh, Wolfie D and JC Ice, who like carry over from USWA, you know, PG 13. Yes. Very badass name, by the way. Not. And then we bring in Savio Vega in early 97 for reasons. Now, he had also been disgruntled or something. Yeah, like, but, like, it, why? Because they didn't like him? It, like, he, what, he never was good. I didn't get what cheered was, or whatever. I, I don't know. No. Even though he was like a huge face. They like, do, made do you a remember? big fuss about him. Yeah, he's like, he's Razor Ramon's friend. Like, and remember then, all that shit? And like, then he had like the good feud with Austin, like all of yeah. 96. He's good. It seemed like what it was is after Austin beat the shit out of him and yeah. like finally finished him off, yeah. like he was just like, this sucks. Yeah. And he's just like, who? Th these guys are doing something <laughs> over here. I'll join that. That's basically what it was. So yeah. we have that's the version of the nation that carries us through all of uh, the first half of 97. Right. Like, literally until the summer of 97. They feud with Ahmed and the Road Warriors. In Legion the of Dumb. Yeah, and the endless, like, you're going down feud of 97. Right. You know what I mean? Where Ahmed you has the weird pants. You know what I thought? Yeah. You know what I thought was very weird about them? It's what? like, here's this, like, big powerful faction or whatever. Yeah. But they're like... They never they're, win. But they're never even like, you think, oh, we're combining our forces, right? So why don't we go after Stone Cold Steve Austin no. or, or like, you know, Bret Hart or some shit? Like, you know never. what I mean? Never. Like Shawn Michaels, no. like all oh, the top people. Like, right. no, it's like, we're just uh, LOD or whatever. Literally, <laughs> yeah. and Ahmed yeah. still. Yeah. And they never, this is the problem with this part of the nation. They didn't do anything. They come out, they do their salute, they have their music, they have their posse of unnamed. It's three wrestlers mainly, though. It's Yeah. Farouk, who I really like. But all those people crush. are rooting for them or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Crush! And uh, I remember, like, they're like, oh, Crush is the second in command. And we're like, who, who cares? I think that was a side story just on that weird, like, European shotgun thing or whatever. The ceiling cam yeah, shotgun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, by the time we hit the summer of 97, some cool stuff is finally happening with this thing, right? So Ahmed has been in and out of uh, being injured, you know, like a couple of times, right? right? And he turns heel. He has a do-rag now. Yeah, and he turns heel. Farouk is like, you know what? I've had just about enough of this shit with Crush and Savio. He fires Crush. Good. He fires Savio. Yeah, they stunk. He fires Clarence Mason. Take your place in the unemployment line. 
He only keeps D'Lo. Yeah. And then he brings in Ahmed. Right. Which is like the huge, like, what the fuck? And this is right, great. Because they're big enemy, right? Right. And Ahmed Johnson, to be fair, is like a powerful force still by this point, Holy right? Shit. He's like, yeah, it's no, like, this is a big deal. It's like former Intercontinental right. Champion. Like, he's no joke. No. It's not like he would become later where he's stupid. And this kind of what cemented him as dumb. Exactly. Yeah. And then he brings in Kama Mustafa. Right. Which was Kama previously. Which is somebody you've been rant, like missing for a while. So to me, this acquisition of Kama was very cool just yeah. because I'd watched like yeah, the Supreme Fighting Machine. We knew I'm like, who he was. He seemed like he had potential, but right. they just gave him the million dollar corporation and you know how that goes. <laughs> Why so, did they do that? I don't, let's not get let's the not million dollar that. corporation involved here. But So that's mid-June of 97. You know, the other guys get fired the week before. We have a brand new nation of domination here. And now that's splinters. The, there's like yes. the, the siphles of apocalypse yes. and, and, and the low spur week was Which, and all this the endless gang wars yeah. right but then ahmed johnson and my memory's fuzzy either got injured again i think is what it was so right. he wasn't in the nation anymore but then on august 11th 1997 someone who was previously injured rocky Maivia, yes this was, this was actually like even bigger if you thought the other two were cool surprises yeah. like this was like what yes the rock the rock well not the rock he was going to become the yep. rock turns heel Interferes yeah. in, I think, like a DOA versus Nation match. Cuts his famous promo that we've talked about before. Die, Rocky, die, yeah. and all that, right? Rocky sucks. Yep. Rocky, yeah. Great promo. Stuff. Yeah. I want to make one point to all you jackass fans out there. Whoa. Rocky Maivia and the new nation of domination lives, breathes, and dies respect. Now he is in the Ahmed spot, which is fine. So you got Farouk, The Rock, Kama and D'Lo. Yeah. These four head into the uh, 1998. You know, as 1997 draws to a close, we go into 98. The Rock now is quickly becoming the second in command and the, the breakout character, also if the, you will. the nation is having some success, right? Because yes. The Rock won the Intercontinental Belt. Yes. And that was like the first like title it in didn't the even faction. Win it. Remember, like Vince, yeah, like I know. Austin's like, I don't want this shit anymore. <laughs> yeah, Brock's like, okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll take it. And there was some kind of throwing it in the lake or whatever. It's all I, good. Yeah. It's such a good little arc. Yeah. yeah. They're actually involved with Steve Austin. Yeah. Steve, that, that's a, like, a, it sounds stupid, but that's like a big thing is like, wait a sec. These guys are like fighting with main eventers right. now. Like, this is because Farouk was being positioned also during this time as like, since he's the leader, right? Like, he's the representative of the nation in the main event scene, right. right? Yes. And so, like, and The Rock now finally has some gold. He's got the secondary gold, right? Right. Farouk is, they've, like, fought Bret Hart or something. Like, they were involved yeah. with people. They they were actually, like, part of the main stuff. I think DX, like, stirred up shit between the nation and they, the Hart Foundation. Do they ever have any problems with Mankind? Everyone, I feel, I, I feel everyone like, ignored Mankind. I feel like they would, though. Only Undertaker yeah. like, bothered with him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one else cared about Mankind. Yeah. It's real. They're like, who I gives a said, shit? I always feel like, yeah, like, man, I, I, at some point, it's like, oh, well, Mankind should be involved in everything. He's but never then, is. then he never is. It's yeah. like Triple H or The Undertaker, the only yeah. people that bother with him. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, let's get to 98 now. So The Rock is, like, starting to, like, mug the camera behind Farouk. And, like, right. Farouk's taking this all very seriously still. And Ron Simmons is a great talker, but The Rock's, like, fuck. I'm just like having fun, kind of like. Right. So there seems to be the nation's developing into two tracks. There's the Farouk track of like, we're representing and all this yeah, stuff, right. right? It's like, this is a this very, is very serious. There's a cause here, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, and like, cause. like, and The Rock's just like, like, I want to entertain. Yeah. And like, I want to be the best wrestler in this shit. I'm just like a big doofus. Like, I don't yeah. care. You know? Right. <laughs> and it feels like D-Lo and Kama are kind of heading more towards The Rock's direction. Yes, they and everyone's are. kind of like, 
what the fuck? Like, yeah. it's wrestling, bro. And then Mark Henry joins in early 98. Right. Remember yeah. that? And he's like, hi, I'm here now. Yeah. Because fuck all this Olympic shit and I whatever. Forgot. There's like a period where there's like five of yeah. them. Yeah. Mark like, Henry briefly. joins. And then what happens is right after WrestleMania. 14, right? 14. Farouk has had enough. The Rock has had enough. They don't like each other anymore. It comes to a head. Now, and- this is this was the stunning part to me was that you would think, right, in this situation, right? Yep. I thought for sure, oh, well, obviously the, the other goons are going to get behind Farouk because right. he's the leader, right? They're going to throw the Rock out and the Rock's going to be a big single star nope. or whatever. It's a coup. Yeah. <laughs> Farouk is the one thrown out. Farouk yeah. is the one now turned face basically because of this. And then we bring in Owen Hart. Right. <laughs> And meanwhile, then Farouk goes and like, hey, Bradshaw, you want to drink beer or whatever? That's like literally what happens. For the rest of time, yeah, essentially. It's like, it's like we're going to just smoke cigars and beat people up in the back. Like they never do anything. That's the short version Farouk of Farouk retires from being important. Yeah. Like he's just, he's kind of like resigned to it. Like, he has know? like a mini feud with The Rock and that's yeah. kind of, he just fades away yeah. and hangs out with Bradshaw for the rest of life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Owen Hart comes in for a period of time in the summer of 98, mm-hmm. spring and summer of 98. And this is the version where it's not... Not even the nation of domination anymore. It's just the nation. Right. They shorten it to that. I totally forgot about that. I used That's to real. call it nation of domination anyway, but a couple of important things to cover here, Quinn. Yeah. Bullet points, right? Personalities emerge. Delo starts to do the swagger a bit. Yeah. Mark, D- Mark Henry gets the brainerism <laughs> and, and is like European. Mark Henry starts to just become like this like jolly ass kicker that's kind of in love with China. I love it's it. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. That version of Mark Henry's good. And then Godfather becomes Mr. Ho Train. He, yeah. Here's the thing. Comma, like they they phase out the comma name. Right. Jerry's like, oh, he's the godfather of the nation. Right. And Which they, I, I don't even understand why that doesn't like, matter. Because he wasn't even an original he was member nothing. or anything. <laughs> he starts wearing a hat and a vest and having cigars. And right. they, like, they morph that into the pimp character that we would all know and love, right? Right. And then Owen Hart had the caution tape, and that was kind of crappy, but whatever. It kind of set it Owen was dumpy. for, like, the more, the the character he would become. The Jeff like, Jarrett version? Yeah. Like, yeah, that, which is a good version. on that path. Right. And the, but The Rock is the breakout, right? And they have this great mid-card feud that we've talked about forever with the face version of DX, and it's really fun. Right. The whole, like, the matches were good. You know, the European title was important. Like, there were right. things met. The IC was I important. I couldn't believe when they when the European title actually mattered. Like, I, I was actually genuinely like, this is awesome. Yes. So, basically what happens is, after the big culmination of the ladder match of Triple H and uh, The Rock at SummerSlam 98, right? Triple H wins it. And The Rock is now, like, the fans really want to cheer him. Right. And he kind of phases out of the nation. And they actually, D'Lo and Kama, Owen, like, leaves independently. D'Lo and The Godfather and Mark Henry are the only ones left. Right. And they're like, you know what? Enough. Like, they enough with this nation shit. Ways. Yeah. Although, if I recall, like, Godfather and D'Lo are, like, endlessly friends for no reason. Like, they in stay. The, yeah, I in think they on are. The roster. Yeah. They're, like, always aligned. And, and Mizark as well. And Mizark until he turns heel later. Yeah. Right? So, anyway... The nation kind of quietly fizzles out in the fall of 98, yeah, and that's and it. What I liked about it, it was, like, kind of amicable. Like, it was, like, they kind of just all went there, like, it's like, oh, we're friends, but, For the like, most part, yeah. yeah. I, like, I don't remember The Rock ever having some distinct moment where he beat them up or anything. I think they... I th- Mark Henry and D'Lo, I think, did turn on The Rock to, like, cement his face turn. Maybe. But that was it. Yeah, but you know? it was so unmemorable then. Right. Like, it, it was one faded, of those, like... It faded away. It's like, it was one of those, like, ceremonial, we have to end this because yes. wrestling. Because wrestling. Yeah. Two years, and uh, that was it for the yeah. nation. And it gave us The Rock's music, mm. which a lot of people, you know, might forget. Is that... Yeah, the, it's a modification of the nation music. The We Are The Nation music eventually turned into... 
if you smell what the rock is cooking, yeah, with the guitar, and they all had variations of it, and eventually that became the rock's music. But anyway, that's the nation. Uh, We'll get into how good it was and what it did for people when it comes ranking time. But that's the rundown of the nation of domination. Nation of domination. I liked it. Yeah, I overall liked it. I just didn't like the original version with like Crush. Took too long to get started. (laughs) The Crush version. So, what are these titles on them? Did you notice this on the on the? That Crush was the sergeant at arms of the nation and all this. Are you serious? It says it was on the thing. Said, I don't want to know. It said that Owen Hart was a co-leader. Like I he don't was. Know. Like we don't mention that anyway. Either. Sergeant at arms. <laughs> sergeant but, of and, arms. It's really listed here on the Wikipedia. But is that a reference to how he had the illegal firearms? I mean, like Hawaii. Oh my God! If it was. <laughs> anyway, who's next? Anyway, let's find out from the fans who drew number two. Oh, oh, the New World Order. Oh, there they are. <laughs> the New World Order, folks. Of course, you know they mm. had to make it. Yes. No surprise there. The NWO, <sighs> the New World Organization of I, Wrestling. I love it. I love that there's <sighs> a list of okay. New World Odor members here. Um, uh, 62 members in the group's God. existence, says the Wikipedia. That is not a point in its favor. And what? And what? <laughs> uh, that's more than like rosters of like territories. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I love that it has charts and graphs to explain Hideous. it. It's so great. Now, without going into a, a diverse history of the NWO, because we all know the, the main things here, let's, let's do a recap. I mean, and all then we'll you, get to the members. I feel like it always starts with the Mauler. That's 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 the, exactly where it, we're going to start. Yes. So in May of 1998, Razor Ramon and Diesel have left the WWF on May 19th. That was their last time. And then on the following weekend, uh, Memorial Day weekend, actually, it was a Monday. And we have a uh, a match on the first ever two hour Nitro. Right. Where the mauler is mauling his opponent. Steve Dahl. That's right. Yeah. Who you might know from Well Done. Steve right. Dunn. You might not know that either. It's sad that the Mauler never was in the NWO just for like... Should have been an honorary. Just, yeah, honorary member. And then, of course, we know Scott Hall comes to the crowd, Scott Hall, and Gene he's Coat. acting like Razor Ramon, right? right. Yeah, you people know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Where is the Nacho Man? All that stuff. Right. And nobody knows where this is going. It's like, point. you want the war? Yeah. Okay. A couple of weeks later, who shows up behind uh, Eric Bischoff while Scott Hall is there, but Diesel with a hat! Look at the adjective. Look at the adjective. And they're like... We're gonna come here, and we got one more guy. And yeah. So they're like, we're taking over. What? What are they? What was their point? Like, I don't know. They fuck had you. Baseball bats, and they beat up everyone yeah, or it, something. It, Remember, it, two of them versus the entire roster, and then they're all cowering. Right. Uh, yeah. Trailers, Rey Mysterio, Lawn Dart, yeah. stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Remember when MGM he lost the eye? Studios. Yes. What, yeah. <laughs> Disney MGM. And they're like, we're gonna have one more guy. Right. And uh, it'll be a third man, and we're gonna kick everyone's ass and just fuck off. Your roster sucks. Right. And so here we go into this bash at the beach or whatever it was. Or, I yeah. always forget which one. It no, is, you have it right. Both have bash in the name, but no, anyway. it, was the, it was the second bash. It was the, the sec- beach one, not the, the great American the, one. The, the, the beach bash. Yeah, anyway. the beach blast bash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, Razor Ramon and Diesel taking on Randy Savage. Yep. Sting. And Luger. Luger gets injured very early on in the match. He gets carted of the way and like Savage and Sting can't beat these guys. They're like having major problems. Well, I mean the, They're very good wrestlers. Nash is big and, and, and Hall's uh, big. They're very big men. They're very big. Razor and uh, Savage don't like each other from 92 anyway. Right. See? Yeah. And anyway who comes out but Hulk Hogan? We down, haven't seen him in a little docks. bit. Down the docks there. And uh, whose side is he on? I don't know. Let's find out. Oh, he's on the NWO side. The I mean, or excuse me, the outsider side. Right. The invaders here from the WWF. And of course, we know that Hogan turns heel. It's very shocking. And, and it really is. I'm not downplaying it. We, and, I'm just 
getting through it. Right, exactly. <laughs> we know all this, so they right? they cut a promo with Mean Gene. Look at the garbage! Yeah, look at all this crap in this ring. <laughs> this is what happens when you go down this road, Hulk Hogan. Like, Tony Schiavone's like, you can go to hell, yeah. Hulk Hogan. Fuck you. Dusty's like, I can't believe that! And, uh, yeah. <laughs> ah! Yeah. <laughs> all the reactions are kind of the best part. Bobby, I told you for <laughs> yeah, years! Bobby, like, I told you he's a piece of shit! Yeah. <laughs> I've been telling you for a decade! Should, remember Schiavone? He's like, we should have listened to you, Bobby. Like, I'm Sh- not even, not even Sh- kidding. Shivani is amazing during yeah. this. Like, oh my god. Yeah. He's so good at I selling. can't believe you're yeah. right, Bobby. Oh my god. Oh uh, my god. Hulk Hogan arrived. Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. What is he oh doing? Oh my god. Is he the third man? He's the third man. What the hell is going on here? Hulk Hogan has betrayed WCW. So anyway, we know the story here. The NBO takes over and... Members start to filter in, and I'm just going to give you a rundown of some of these members in 96. This is my favorite part of the NWO. It's the members. Right. This is the way to do it, right? So actually, the fourth member in August is sitting in the crowd, and it's Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase. I always forget this because the Giant is the next member, and I always think of him as the fourth man. Right. The Giant, who had lost the title to Hogan at Hog Wild, Mm -hmm. is actually the next member, and then we get... Well, wait, there's, there's between a, real members here, the nasty boys decide we're going to be part of the NWO, yeah, right? That doesn't work, though. Yeah. They're like, no, fuck you. We're just kidding. But the, the real deal here is there's a fake sting. <laughs> now, leave it to this, because this is the funniest shit. Fake sting debuts when regular sting is still in his normal attire. Yeah. With the tail end of it. When, but when he had the dark hair with the bowl cut. Yeah, the yeah. brown hair bowl cut, the yeah. shemp hair, but he's not crow yet. Yes. And fake Sting is like a decoy that tricks Lex Luger into thinking that the real Sting joined the NWO, so the real Sting gets sad for like two years, right? But in comes N- back and has a horrible match against Hulk Hogan. But in NWO fashion, for some reason, fashion. F- fake Sting, he's around for like years. He's and around like, until like mid ninety seven. Somehow, I, I've said this before on the show, but I remember like the NWO doing their long cut, like long promo cuts and whatever, whatever they do, right? And there's like, you know how there's like a hundred people yes. in the ring or whatever. And I remember I was seeing fake sting and I, every time I would see him, I'd be like, why did this happen? Like, who, why is <laughs> even, he here? Does even he when real re- sting is back, yes. he's still there. And even when they're like fully feuding with regular right. NW, not NWO, black and white sting, yeah. whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Regular sting. Regular sting. He's just there. Yeah. And he's just like, hee hee, like in the background and he doesn't do anything. And we're like, what, is this just to be annoying He now? has a baseball bat. Yeah, that's all it is. So he's their baseball player. But then we get six. Get it? Because he was the sixth member, right. and he was also one plus two plus three equals six. That's oh, the one, two, three kid. They just forgot about that lightning aspect, huh? Possibly. Lightning yeah. six. Yeah. And then we get Virgil, except now his name is Vincent. Right. Get to it? make fun of Vince McMahon. It's clever. And then, randomly, Miss Elizabeth joins, Yes. this leads into the whole arc with the Macho Man. Yes, which is a very good arc. Yeah. But the most shocking and a good call on their part, right, in November, I believe it was, of 96, is Eric Bischoff. Now, what I like about this Eric Bischoff thing is, to me, this is the ultimate exposition of, like, how are they able to do all this, right? It's right. like, because the whole time you're like, well, they say they have DBS's money, right? Right. But, but. how could, like, an organization that, like, WCW as an organization, they're, like, controlled by not Ted DiBiase. Exactly. So how the fuck can they just, like, do whatever they want, right? Eric Bischoff, the senior vice president right. of WCW, of course. I mean, my God! This guy here was the foundation of the WCW. Now, he works for the NWO. 
best part is that he wasn't with them the whole time. Right. When they came in, they powerbombed him through a table at the Great American Bash. Right. It was a little bit later he realized, like, fuck, I can't beat these guys. I'm going to join them. Right. It wasn't that he was in cahoots the entire time. And that's really good storytelling. And now, it is. from this point on, this it gets me- shitty. <laughs> but to me, this tips the scales in the wrong direction, right? Yeah, you got that right. This makes the NWO like, like super powerful. Too powerful. As, as, if, as, if it was like a video game, they would all have like a hundred stats right. or whatever. Like they're they're just because they can like manipulate like what matches they get and like titles and yep. stuff. Like it's bullshit, right? So here's what we got. Now we bring in Buff Bagwell. Now to to their credit. Marcus Bagwell splitting from no he stunk but splitting from Scotty Riggs was a good idea right I'll at least give him that and this had nothing to do with the eye or whatever as we no, talked about a, a couple weeks ago a little bit later yeah uh, Michael Wall Street yeah that was worth it that's IRS <laughs> now th- but, this this guy that they did he left because like later just because like not even like they kicked him out he's just like we, we Michael forgot, Wall Street. We forgot he's here what, yeah well what is that whole the storyline reason is JJ Dillon's like you're you can't in the NWO because your contract or something. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it didn't about? stop anybody else in this yeah. dumb thing. So then he just stayed anti-WCW, but he wasn't in the yeah. NWO. It's real. Like, it's, he's like neutral or yeah. something. Yeah, Mike Switzerland. Yeah. Uh, and Bubba Rogers was in it and Scott Norton. Anyway, Savage, there's tons of people and we don't need to name every right, single yeah. last one. But here's the arc. Let's talk arc now, right? Okay. So 96, it's really powerful. We get a lot of guys. And 97, it's like every week you get a promo with the NWO. Uh, sometimes Hogan's there, sometimes he's not. Right. It's true. Because he plays up the Hollywood aspect where he really is filming movies Remember sometimes. Remember he came with the hair that yeah. time and he's like, I'm filming. Yeah. Like, it's hey. real. Yeah. So like sometimes- We're filming that Three Ninjas movie or whatever. Right. <laughs> that shitty Three Ninjas. Yeah, it's the, like, Three totally Ninjas three. I'm three, not I think, yeah. Maybe I'll show you mercy and make you my boy toy. Thanks. I'd rather be lied by wolves. But anyway, the whole point is like they're assholes, they're arrogant, they beat people up, they attack people, they're taking over WCW. WCW is hapless and helpless and can't do shit about it, no matter what. And we they just always fail. Yeah, we didn't mention the reason why there's like 700 members because I have to say this is like one of the overarching like loops of the NWO. If yeah. you think about it, is that they feud with somebody right, and they kind of like would always absorb them. Like that kind was of, that yeah. was kind of like. That was why they were so hard to beat as like a faction. There, and no other faction had done this before, where it's like when you get beat by them, you just join them. It happened to Savage. It right. happened to a bunch They're of like people. They're like the Roman Empire of fucking wrestling factions. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, well, if we it. can't beat them, we're just joining them. Just friggin' join them. And that's kind of what happened there. They go on throughout their 97. We have the brief Luger thing that we, we really love, where Hogan loses to Luger, right? Yeah. And then we build to Starcade, which was absolutely abhorrently stupid and botched and just terrible on every aspect. No comment. Everyone's part, including Sting himself, Hogan, Bischoff, everyone fucked it up and it was terrible. But anyway. Uh, we, but that was not the end. No, it was not. Sadly, it was yeah. not. In 1998, we split the NWO into the Wolfpack, the Wolfpack, now, and, and the Black and White. I have to say, uh, uh, regarding this Wolfpack thing, right? Um, th- from a marketing perspective, <laughs> brilliant. this was a great idea. No, it's great because you can sell NWO, another shirt. Like, I'm to serious. Be, to be honest with you, as much as we like look back, it's like, oh, NWO stunk by this point or whatever. As far oh, as like selling, the Wolfpack, as, as far as selling T-shirts and stuff. And like kids and things like teenagers. Now there's two NWOs, and you have to pick a side. 
Right. Yep. And then the young ones want the want the wolf pack. <laughs> but then you got like the contingent of like kids where they're uh, other kids. They're like, well, Hulk Hogan, he founded the end of even though I he know, didn't. I know. Like, you know what I mean? We yeah. got we got to go with the Hulk Hogan NWL, right? Yep. And uh, hey, from a marketing standpoint, you nailed it. It was a brilliant idea. And it kept it breathed life into the uh, the angle, I guess, for better or for worse. Right. With the wolf pack. And then there's like the elite who have a ton of people they're which just, inspired the the bullet club elite probably it did yeah. <laughs> yeah now the elite is the version that's the finger poke of doom post finger poke now God. to me this is the point where it's like like honestly the first two like nwo like original nwo hollywood and nwo wolf pack they're like the good nwo yes me. like regardless of what you think of like all the sting no no, no that, i know like these I'm are like the good nwo doing that to annoy you right? i know <laughs> i mean how could you argue with louis spicoli nwo member right of course like, or dusty Rhodes. right exactly or <laughs> nick patrick or right. whatever but when you get to the elite which is the basically the january to the summer like august disco inferno's in it now uh tory wilson and david flair right, right. there's so, a lot of people who don't belong here no, at this it's, point why are they still doing it yeah then there's also the b team right this <laughs> is all real now my favorite part <laughs> part about the B team is Stevie Ray is the leader. That's amazing. He's good. It, it, whatever exemplifies B team, it's Stevie Ray. Tell you what, Brian Adams is in it. Crush yeah. finding himself into another stable. Yeah, to uh, me, this is this would have been the perfect area for Michael Wall Street to yeah, be part of, right? right? Yeah. You know what I mean? In fact, I probably think in my brain that he was in it half the time. <laughs> uh, Horace Hogan is in the, uh, right. but the here, B team. But the worst NWO, in my opinion, is NWO 2000, where like Jeff Jarrett and Bret Hart are like Jacques <laughs> For position, well, Jeff Jarrett in the leading the NWO. Are you kidding me? That I agree with. Yeah. The, the, the idea was that it was going to be Bret Hart, right. but he got kicked in the head by Goldberg and had right. to retire. So the angle never got going. Right. So it was was right after, or right before, I think, uh, Starcade '99. Yes. And Bret Hart's like, you know, I'm in the NWO now. I thought I'd be good at leading it. Yeah. And then Goldberg kicked him, and he's like, I can't wrestle anymore. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. And Jeff Jarrett's like, I'm a leader, <laughs> even though like. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, who like are from the beginning, like literally the original two. Like it's like no, no, no. Jeff Jarrett, he's better than them. Look, you can say what you want about Vince Russo, right? And I like some of the stuff that he did. I don't get his fascination with Jeff Jarrett, though. He stinks. He does. <laughs> it the Harris I'm brothers the are involved? Fuck them. Deja. Tylee Buck. April. Who are they? Scott Steiner should have been the leader. Yeah, but if Pamela, anyone should have taken but Pamela Paulshock and Shakira Joe. <laughs> Who's Shakira? <laughs> I don't know. Oh no, Shakira isn't that um I don't Paisley remember Paisley slash what's maybe. her head? I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe it, um, uh, Queen Charmel or whatever. Is she right? Shakira? Maybe Paisley. Yeah, I remember her as Paisley. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, the NWO two thousand. You know what they did? They just killed it off when Bischoff and Russo like did the return and rebooted everything in yeah. April. They Remember just, when the, the we're NWO, running it together, bro? The NWO 2000 disappeared. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, every storyline right now doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. And all we're doing is we're going to have the new version in the NWO. It's called the New Blood. Right. <laughs> no and, more NWO. And it stinks. New Blood. And you know what? They're the heels. And all these millionaires, like Hulk Hogan, they're the faces, bro. Why? Well, that was weird, right? <laughs> that was like the stupidest shit. But now, anyway. Now, just on, on an aside for NWO members, right? We'd be remiss. Not to mention the Celebrity Wing. Correct. Well, right. we also have Japan. Right. Japan and Celebrity Wing, which is like... so. This, this, First of all, Japan. Japan, and it's sizable, too. Now, the, if, you, if you're really confused why Japan. is there NWO Japan in the first place, honestly, I always thought that this was like a nod 
two, the original, the, the, the fact that what they ripped the NWO off of yes. was this Japanese faction called whatever. I yes, don't remember the don't name either. of it. But there's this is here's the deal, right? It lasted for four, uh, three years. It lasted for December '96. I just want to note that it was known in Japan sometimes as NWO Gundam or NWO Typhoon. I'm not making that yeah, no, up. No, it's it, real. Yeah, when it was they were heel when it was Masachono's leadership it's like and they anime were, involved. I don't know. They're faced under Muto. But anyway, yeah, Masahiro Chono was the leader of the heel version. Okay. Right. It also had uh, Hiro Saito, a bunch of other people, Tenzon, Scott Norton, of course, joined, Buff right. Bagwell. So there's like this mix of like yeah. some of the Americans are in here, like Hall and Nash and, and you, Goto and, and I don't know who these NWO Sting was in this from February of 97 <laughs> until February of 99. Yeah, That's same, same with Michael Wall Street, too. I cannot yeah. believe that. It's uh, crazy. Great Muta was yeah. there. Michael Wall Street, yeah, like you said, uh, Six was there for a little bit. Kojima, uh, the maker of Metal Gear Solid, obviously. I had no <laughs> idea that Big Titan was in it. You yeah. know who Big Titan is? Who? Fake Razor Ramon. <laughs> fake Razor Ramon. Are you serious? So there was not only that's, a fake that, that's, uh, They should have called him Fake Nick, <laughs> right, fake, fake Hall or whatever. Fake Scott Hall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been incredible. But anyway. And of course, Akira, and not that, the anime. And we need to talk about the WWF version, Quinn. Well, first of all. You want to do the celebrities? The celebrity wing, it's like, and it doesn't involve Bob Euchre, if you're wondering, but. It's um, small. It's small, but it's it's pretty great. It's Kyle Petty, of well, course. Well, you need your evil NASCAR driver. Well, so here's the thing. is That started only because, remember how WCW kept bragging they had the <laughs> yeah. fucking NASCAR every week on, like, fucking WCW. It's like, we got the car, we right? We got the car. And then, like, Ted DiBiase is like, fuck you. We get, Kyle Petty's in the NWO now. I just paid him <laughs> off. We have an NWO car. Right, right. So, and that, he, forever, he's a member no, of, it's, it's real. of the NWO, right? Uh, Dennis Rodman, the right. best that, celebrity that, that's member. That's the most notable one and. Uh, you know, that's with all the Jay Leno's and all that shit. He was in right? the Leno angle and the uh, Carl uh, Malone angle of 97 also, right? right? Which is was actually... 97? Yeah. Yeah. Or 98, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember now. One of them's at Sturgis. I don't but know. The, but there's he's in the NWO in 97 and again in 98. Right. Rodman. So he comes out. And then, of course, Paul Gilmartin from Dinner and a Movie. Paul, Gil, Paul Gilmartin and uh, Claudia Mann. Yeah, Claude Mann. Well, that's the chef, right? Yes. And then the host was right. Paul Gil, Gilmartin. Dinner and a Movie, of course. The, right. And they joined the NWO. Can also, you believe just it? Be, it was just because there was like a clash at the champions and like they merged it with dinner and a movie. That's all it is. It was so, the last clash of the champions. That's very actually. like TGIF that any of that happened, <laughs> to is, be honest with you. I Balky wasn't in the NWO. Yeah. I, I mean, if it was in the 80s, he would have been. Now, <laughs> I don't the WWF version sucked a butt, but I get why they did it. Like they had to do it. It would have been stupid not to Listen, try. I don't blame them, but they, here's they the problem. To. It's by the last one, like Shawn Michaels is in it. That doesn't even fit. Why did that happen? Yeah. So obviously we have a Hall, Nash, and Hogan are the original. Then mm -hmm. they're like, oh, Hogan got cheered, so fuck him. And then they bring X-Pac in. That's a great replacement for Hulk Hogan. Because and, everyone loves him by yeah, fucking by 2002. Yeah, they're, they love him. And then like Nash quads or something. I don't remember. Whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, so they brought in Big Show to replace Nash. And then... <laughs> no comment. Ric Flair becomes an associate member. With X Pac and Big Show, and that's it. Even though he was involved in the suspending Why that got the Big does? Show in there, I don't know. And then um, Booker T comes in instead of Ric Flair. 
So you got X-Pac, Big Show, and Booker T. Remember that version of the no. NWO? Nobody, because it's 2002. It's like the dark times. I, like, it is. Yeah. No, po- post-WrestleMania uh, 18 is foggy for me, yeah, man. Yeah, th- that Brand up to, split up to and all that. WrestleMania 20 is like the really foggy it's times. Dark. Yeah. Uh, and then Shawn Michaels joins. to He removes Booker T. But then Nash comes in and uh, I guess tears his quad. Maybe that's the quad right. tear. And it's really shitty. And yep. Vince is just like, no more. Well, until that time they come to help. Don't bring that up, please. With that Sting and all that. I don't want to talk about that know, at all. Well, they're like a million years old. They're po- are they <sighs> friends with Sting? Is no that one, what it is? Yeah, I think they are because they're all old from WCW. Right, yeah. And DX is not. Yeah. I don't really know how it all it's works. It's really dumb. All I know is Triple H beats fucking Sting. The all, dumbest shit <laughs> ever. Was, I laughed my ass off when that <laughs> I happened. I couldn't believe it. it was they, so funny. Like, all this effort to bring him in and then it's he great. just fucking loses. Um, but that said, okay, so we've run down the NWO. We already talked about the nation. It is ranking time. Here's the thing, Quinn. This is an easy rank to me. It's an easy rank, and we all know that NWO has to be number one. Mm -hmm. But let's call it what it is, Quinn. Despite all of the members of the NWO and the fact that it it was in primary existence from 96 to like 99. Yeah. The only real, in my opinion, really good period is from the start until, I mean, I guess you could cut it off at Starcade 97. Right, but but it wasn't even really that good for most of that. What I want to say about it is that it's not about length or being good or whatever. It's about the influence and like the driving force that it was the engine of WCW's success. It perfectly well said, and I will not argue that. It was like really was. It was what put them on the map. It was like it was the thing that people forget about the NBL is that it was so bold it was like such a departure from like what you were normally used to seeing in wrestling i will agree like nowadays it's like oh well that's of course there's long promos and tongue yeah right but when the nwo came on the scene it was kind of like whoa this is weird and like people were legitimately questioning they were like is this real like is this wf like people like because that's how they positioned it at the beginning until they got like sued or something and they couldn't see that and vince was smart to do that right he would have really actually that kind of kneecapped the nwo from the beginning because they could have been more interesting if they really were like overtly saying we're from wwf you know what i mean you can't you're not allowed it's not vince being petty like you're not a that's fucking copyrights. Like, come on. Right. But even but, the, what's even funny about that is I feel that like they kind of leaned into that when they went to the WWF version of the NWO. Vince was like, I injected this cancer or whatever. You it. know what I mean? Yeah, like the poison. All, the dose of poison. As if like Vince was behind it even in the WCW days. Like, <laughs> right. I know they didn't overtly say that, but it was like it was implied. But back to the Im- impact of the NWO. I mean, I think it was uh, not only was it the engine for WCW, which is a great way to put it, Quinn. Yeah. Um, it was Hulk Hogan's like career renaissance it revitalization was his second version of yeah. Hulk Hogan. It made big stars out of Hall and Nash bigger than they had been, which right. was pre- they were pretty good in WWF. But exactly. I mean, it I mean really, one of them was the WF champion. Yeah, and one was multi-time Intercontinental. It really was good for uh, X Pac as well. Seriously, for Sean Waltman they because that. Yeah. it was good for him because he can't be the one, two, three kid underdog forever. Right. You but know, when he came back to WWF, it really showed why it oh, helped him. It was like, great. You know what I mean? It gave him that persona, which was a good persona because he kind of just farted around for a year in yep. WCW and then came back. It was influential for better or for worse. Uh, the evil authority figure angle, because um, yes. Bischoff, you know, but. You know, if it wasn't for that, who knows if Vince, if they would have ran with the Vince one or not. Maybe they would have. Yeah, I mean, Bischoff was first, technically. He was. And the Vince one was, you know, different in the sense that it was, he was turned heel because of the Bret Hart thing more right. than anything. But either way, there was a lot of good qualities about it. I like to, listen, I like to poke fun of it. I did watch it. 
I didn't like all of it at the time. I'm not going right. to lie. Like, I'm not just saying it now. As a kid, I didn't always find it interesting because so, it was very boring and repetitive. So I think its biggest flaw was just the fact its own success hurt it. And yeah. let me let me put it to you this way. Go ahead. The desire by the WCW. The WCW. Upper management, right? To extend it, to milk it. Which, to be fair to them, as a business trying to make money, you milk a cash you cow. You milk as long the as cash cow. But the, I but get it. the kept the 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 renewed. Like to me, it's part of the reason why the Sting thing even happened was like that he didn't win exactly Ugh. was because again it was like we can't weaken them right. They're our cash cow. We can't I get guess, rid of the NWO. Like it's just like that's that was always the issue with the NWO is that you could never vanquish them because they became too strong as far as what WCW made its money off of. And that is a problem. You're right about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And I think that there were some decisions that were made and why ever they were made, it could have been political or what. You know, with the Luger thing, that's the way Sting should have won. And I've always said that. Right. And yeah. they really bungled all of that. Whether or not you like it or not, I'm just saying, and I, have no idea I if, think it could have been done better. Again, and I have no idea if it was just because they were like, well, we can't make the NWO look too weak because what are we going to do tomorrow? I know. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's their own problem to figure out. Right, they should have exactly. thought that through. Uh, but when you're making all kinds of money and it's you're spending it freely and no one cares, obviously, you do things like that. Yeah. Uh, now, that said, Quinn... Does the fact that the NWO lingered on and had all these other iterations that doesn't hurt it in terms of the ranking? No, it what it was the was the nation also did too. So let's yeah, but only f- the initial part was bad. Yeah, but it, they, I think launching bad is much worse than launching really, really strong. Like I the don't NWO. know. Uh, you know, I don't know. That's, I don't even think it's a question that's a here. Good deba- no, I know the nation's number two here. Yeah, and the the main reason is what we just talked about. Yeah. For, the uh, NWO, but I want to extol the virtues of the nation real quick because right. it doesn't get referenced a lot as a really good stable. But as we were talking, about it, I was like, you know what, it was pretty good. So the dumpy Farouk version, crush version, you know, with Savio, yes. notwithstanding, the summer of '97 where Farouk brings in Kama and then Ahmed and then The Rock, that version until the end is quite good. Yes, it so, really is. So the dumpy version, right? <laughs> the one, the thing that it's got to me is that it has the controversial aspect to it. There is some stuff on certain pay-per-views, which I'm sure we'll go over on the Patreon eventually, where I was like, this feels really real, and like yeah, their gritty. grievances are like valid. It's very gritty. It's gritty. And like it actually, like you know, with with the events of today, it even holds more relevance. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah, and it was the, a showcase for Ron Simmons, a hell of a talker, right? Hell so of a talker. The biggest problem was, I think Farouk was so strong, and the rest of them were just so bad. That's a, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Like, look, no offense to Savio, I like Savio Vega, but it's Farouk who's awesome, and then you have Crush inside. It's just like these are losers. Yeah, Crush they, sucks. It was like, <laughs> like I'm sorry, really a guy with like the way they portrayed Farouk who could talk and like they kind of made him kind of a almost like a brainwashing leader too. A like, little bit. You'd think he could get some better fucking <laughs> cronies cronies to work. I mean hell wouldn't mankind fucking work for him? Like, Nobody cares about mankind. I know like you keep saying that but like mankind seems like something it would be a better thing right. to crush. Like, that's why <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why the like Am- anybody like <laughs> that's why the Ahmed and Kama and Dilo version is really good. Right. Because Ahmed just looks impressive there next to him. He can get the job done in the ring. And then the rock version. But yeah, anyway, 
it's obviously the NWO, but let's not sleep on the fact that the nation might have a good chance of being higher than I thought because it made a star of the rock. Right. It made and who would have been a star anyway, I think, if he just had been able to do stuff. It made the rock's music also. It made the rock's music. It made a star out of D'Lo Brown. Yep. For the Attitude Era, who was a big deal for a period of time it, until Draws. It fixed Farouk after he was the, you know, Trojan <laughs> yeah. or whatever he was. The Trojan horse. Yeah. And uh, it made a star out of The Godfather, another big right. uh, Attitude Era guy. Yeah, people sleep on The Godfather, but Big holy, deal for the Attitude Era. Holy shit. Right. The live crowds for The Godfather. Holy like, shit is right. Yeah, like, uh, people... I. I hear the WWF talk about this a lot, and I believe it because you look at <laughs> you look back at the crowds. It's like, like when the yeah! <laughs> when the Godfather would come out in his time, like when he was singles, it was like the place would just good explode. Time. Yeah, like it was like this is amazing. You know like, what he is, Quinn? He's a modern Duggan. Yes, or a modern Putski. Right, and he, he's one of those guys you didn't have to win. You didn't have to win a title. You didn't have to do diddly dick. It was just like come out with the hoe train, and like the crowd loses the their good mind. Time. Yeah, he's exactly. just likable. Yeah, but anyway, it put a lot of those guys on the map for a couple of years there. But as far as influence and impact, and what benefited the promotion the most. I begrudgingly have to go with the NWO. Yeah. I mean, how am I going to deny that? So the influence is the influence as far as the, just factions too. Yeah, like and it, and again, it had a. It, it's the last bit of it was really dumpy, but for the first year and a half or so, the NWO was really well done, right. despite Michael Wall Street and Scott Norton being in it. So <laughs> I will give it to the NWO. We're going to call it a week on that one, Quinn. I mean, they got Luis Spicoli Disco Inferno, so how, how can you argue? <laughs> and Shakira, you can't top yeah. that. So let's run them down here, folks, for week number one. At number one is the NWO, and number two, The Nation of domination that's royal rankings week one remember next week we'll kick off the flush and be sure to let us know yours let us know who's number one and number two and why you can do that on twitter at ovp podcast shoot us an email or of course join the group but quinn when we come back we're going to take a dive into a very notable episode of wwf monday night raw yeah we're going mainstream wow, for this one mainstream huh? mainstream that's going to be coming up right after this Hello, wrestling fans. It's Joe here. And while we're on a break, I just wanted to take a moment to shout out three friends of the show. Check out the New Day podcast hosted by three guys that have actually worked in the actual wrestling business. I'm talking about Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston and Big E. They're going to bring their unique perspective as fans, but also as people that actually work in the industry to a very creative and entertaining podcast. New Day Podcast. And then check out Greetings from Allentown, hosted by one man, Peter Winston. He'll take you on a whimsical journey through retro wrestling's past. It's unique, it's quirky, it's Greetings from Allentown. And finally, if you like your retro wrestling slathered in barbecue sauce, check out Mike Mills and Book in the Territory as they bring you the very best in the Southern front wrestling we're talking about smoky mountain and the nwa it's booking the territory so again our three friends of the show the new day podcast greetings from allentown and booking the territory it's wcw nwo revenge only on nintendo 64 nintendo power says wcw nwo action is bigger than ever fans will eat this one up featuring over 60 of wcw and nwo superstars with custom finishes and trademark moves four-player battle royal mode with double teaming and more weapons than ever before get addicted call 1-800-wcw-8661 to order now also available wherever video games are sold revenge is just too sweet you won't see it on the networks 
won't see it on TBS. Every Monday night on USA, experience World Wrestling Federation action live from the Manhattan Center in New York City. It's Raw. WWF Monday Night Raw. Uncut, uncensored, and uncooked. Yeah, it's Raw. Monday nights on USA. Ooh, yeah, and welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is episode number 191, and we're thankful that you're here with us here. Quinn. Yes. Have you ever heard of a television program called WWF Monday Night Raw? I've seen it in passing over the years. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's an okay program. It's been on a while. Yeah. Uh, it has some, its ups and downs. D- yeah, it definitely <laughs> does. Now, it was a WWF program, you know. Right. That's, that's the thing. Wrestling. Oh, they made it? Yeah, they okay. made it. And it started in January of 1993, and you folks probably know that. If you don't, that's when it started, January of 1993, January right. 11th. It replaced, uh, time slot-wise, prime time wrestling. That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it replaced the roundtable version. It's okay. WCW gave us fake prime time for years we, to come. Yes, we <laughs> with main event and all that <laughs> worldwide. shit. Worldwide. Yeah, worldwide. Uh, and obviously, folks, we've gone into the history of Raw before. We have done a 25th anniversary special in our archives uh, on Raw. And if you want to know more about Raw, you can just look up WWF Raw and find right. out all you need to know about it. However, Quinn, um, WWF Raw was in its infancy here for the episode that we're going to review. It's May 17th, 93. It was only about four months old. Very new. It was an infant, yeah. Vince cared about it still. Oh, very much. Yeah. I mean, I think he still does. Right. It and is actually his prime. It's, yeah. it's the one rare exception of any show ever made by WF or Vince cared about it all the way Continues through. Continues to, yeah. yeah. And... You know, this episode, May 1793, this is a specific pick of mine for once, not Richard Land giving us crap. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> and the reason I wanted to do this, Quinn, is because, you know, in the in the history of certain shows, and I'm not just talking wrestling, there are certain formative episodes, formative moments of, sh- of series that, uh, that really get a show off the ground. You look at Seinfeld, you know, it started in, in early 1990, but right. the first real notable one for a lot of people was probably the Chinese restaurant. I was just going to say, that's the one, right? That's the stereotypical, like, early episode that really established that's what it season is. Season two or three it's or season something? Season two, I yeah. think, technically, right? All right. I can't have popcorn for dinner. All right. Have to eat. And that happens a lot with other series, or even with WrestleMania, for example. The third one was really the one where, like, this is what a WrestleMania is. Right. And in a lot of ways, I feel like this is that episode of WWF Monday Night Raw where there were good ones before this. Right. But this is the one, like, the template, I think, what they've always tried to emulate, that, especially in the early days. bam, 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 yeah. something, happens, something happening in every commercial break. You yep. got to stay on the channel. Correct. Like, you can't... Because you don't know when it's going to come back and right. blah, yeah, all that. Yeah. Much like the first episode of Nitro. Was Nitro kind of started the, off strong. Yeah, like the exactly. first episode of Nitro, it set the table Set the tone. There. So I think in a lot of ways, this is that episode of WWF Monday Night Raw. Early in its run, the first real notable one, stuff is happening here. And I figured, let's just watch something we're familiar with. Let's just watch something from a promotion that we know really well. Sure. Now, I, Quinn, if you're new to the show, Quinn does not like WWF 93. It stinks. <laughs> it's bad. I don't mind it. I it's really the, the don't. Aesthetic. So let's see. You know, we have one who doesn't like it, one who really doesn't mind it. Yeah. Let's see what we both think of this, folks, as we get into, and this is on the network version, you, the same version anyone else can find on the WWE network. 
WWF Monday Night Raw, May 17th, 1993, Quinn. And I just turned seven years old, and WF is in full decline. <laughs> Let's get raw. That's right. Yeah, uh, you, your birthday was right before this, yep. huh? a couple of days before this. Yep. But anyway, yeah, we go right into the classic intro, Quinn. Yep, raw for Super Nintendo intro. <laughs> yeah, the one where Damian Demento is in it until like 95 or whenever. so they, long. <laughs> like, because he's in that like one match with yeah. The Undertaker on the first one. So like, there's this like little clip of him for like years. Notable raw alumni. Yep. Didn't they like bring him back? on some anniversary what? episode just no. for, like it just like look he's here they should have remember him if and they... he's like some old man it's <laughs> like Tyson Tomko or something <laughs> um, I still love the original intro by the way the one it's they, good it's good it's, it's good. short remember when it like went away briefly and then they brought it back because the other one was so bad or whatever the hell that is in 95 yep it's awful it's really really bad anyway the siren is a howl in here as we are live from the Manhattan Center please no Rob Bartlett like that's like when we first First, turn this on. The first thing I'm like, oh no, it's no. like this is Rob Bartlett, isn't it? Let's find out. Our raw girl is in the ring now. While Vince McMahon, Randy Savage, and mm-hmm. right now Bobby Heenan welcome us. I'm Vince McMahon, along with Bobby and Brad Heenan and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Good. Although Macho in the wrestling gear and not wrestling, <laughs> <laughs> your favorite. Why? One of Why your favorite things, right? Like, about look 90- at all this. Like, look how cool this is and everything. Macho Man. By the way, he's just sitting <laughs> in the chair. He's not going to fucking wrestle. He really doesn't much in '93 on it. TV. Like, like I hate this so much. Like he was the WF champion like a couple months ago. Like, <laughs> it looks September. Yeah, it's not that long ago. What are they doing? Like, why? I don't know. Uh, I mean, if you trust anything Bruce Pritchard says, which a lot of people don't, but a lot of people do, he says it was Savage's idea. Savage wanted to mentor people and help get the product over, help get a new generation over. mentoring by sitting on his ass? What is he doing? Backstage, I'm saying, but he didn't want to wrestle. That's what Bruce says. I don't know. Savage isn't here. We can't ask him. I'm sure Lanny would be like, my brother is the best man ever. Anyway, Vince now throws to a clip. This was random to start the show. That's why I'm laughing. Of Randy Savage on WABC 7 here in New York area for the Special Olympics deadlift. Very what? nice. Yeah. And then we see Bill Evans, the <laughs> weatherman from Chile. Did you notice that? Yes. Like, I was, I had to, like, I was like, wait a second. Bill Evans? It was like, Bill Evans. So, Bill Evans, if you don't live in this area, he's like the, he's was the weatherman on ABC 7 forever. Oh, for like, my he whole might childhood. still be there. He might be. Yeah. Like, not, he literally actually, may I think be. he got replaced, not by Sam Champion, but remember the Lee other Goldberg. goon, uh, like <laughs> Lee. Lee Goldberg became like the lead. Yeah. That's okay. Remember, Bill Evans got the awesome spot where it was just on the mornings. Oh, yeah, you're right. Like the best spot. <laughs> yes. Well, he was very good. Yeah. And he would often do these location things to mix it up while right. he was doing the weather. And I guess he was on location. Would well. you say that the morning is like kind of the prime time weather spot? Because no one cares about the weather at night. They care For the about next it. day, they do. Yeah, but I think they care more that when they wake up, they want to know, do I need an umbrella or not? True. Like that, and Bill Evans is your guy. I usually like the, the little bug on the corner of the screen where it says fucking we- There's also that fucking weird guy like Scott Norton or whatever his name was that <laughs> was in that tiny room, but he said he was in a helicopter Joe or something. Nolan? Yeah. I'm Jonah. His it's traffic. Like, it's a traffic. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, I'm in the helicopter. It's just like in a booth. What is <laughs> it's that? A, it's in a room and there's a bunch of like cassettes behind yeah. it, but he's, but they like- it's in a radio studio. They sell it like he's in the chopper, but he's, he's not. not. No, he's in a there's, radio like, another studio. Guy. Yes. And construction Jersey Turnpike northbound between 9 and 10 on the outer roadway, left and center out and alternate sides in effect. For Eyewitness News, I'm Joe Nolan. Hey, it's Sharon. Don't worry, I'm still here. I was just reminiscing about a simpler time, three minutes ago, when these eyewitness nerds used to talk about wrestling on a wrestling podcast. Fuck, 
Bobby Heenan here, Quinn, has that like shitty orange jacket on, very 93. <sighs> the orange windbreaker's upsetting. <laughs> I never like this. Yeah, it's just like, look, look, the it's fall not, of Bobby, it, I'm it's telling not you. as good, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Finkel gives a cue to the raw girl. Meanwhile, the siren is still on, by the way, during all of this. Right. That's right. And whoever raises his opponent is, he's going to cut him to rivets. He's going to slice and dice like a Benjamin. As Vince now throws us to last week on Raw, where Lord Alfred Hayes was interviewing the Intercontinental Champion Shawn Michaels outside the Manhattan Center before the show started, and then Mr. Perfect arrived on the scene and memorably punched Shawn, threw him on Howard Finkel's windshield. What a jerk. What a jerk Mr. P is here. What it? Why? Because of that shit at WrestleMania 9 or whatever? Yeah. It's like that random, like... He was talking to Luger and <laughs> hit him with a broom or whatever it was. <laughs> that shit, to me, this, I love it. The, this whole feud got started for no reason. It's Narcissus' like, fault. Again, if I recall, yeah, Sean is just back there. Hanging like, out with Luger. Right. After Luger knocked out Perfect. Right. That's what it is. He's just like hanging out with Sean's Luger. Sean's not even fucking involved in this shit. Like, and they, well, and they, they, they start rustling next to him. Rustling. Yeah. yeah. Well, Perfect attacks Luger, and then Sean pokes his nose in it. Well, Sean's like, why are you doing? I'm talking to him. Like, what are you doing? That's my friend. Like, That's you know, a good point. What is he? How is he the bad guy? <laughs> just saying. I, I gotta say, though, this on the street stuff in front of the Manhattan Center, I love the look of it. Crowds of people around. Everyone's trying to break it up. Yeah, it's actually very different. Very cool stuff. And the fans like going nuts yeah it's it, cool people the way it's shot to the angles we get of like dumping new york yeah it's like oh. it looks like an actual street fight it, 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 it it's does the closest i've ever seen a street fight in wrestling in wwf especially right yeah. during that period of time i mean they're in a really dump area well, like the way know, it looks it is 1993 yeah. you know dinkins is still the mayor right <laughs> it's very dinkins it's very outside dinkins. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Tony Gurria can be seen along with big, fat Bruce Pritchard trying to break it all up what, here. What's next? Bonnie jumping. Mr. Perfect, how do you fail? <laughs> <laughs> look at my pantsuit. Yeah. Uh, now we go to She Lord- would look very out of place oh, in this. Like, Just like know, showing up with a in, microphone like with fucking pan- Jenny Jones. With the fucking like Hillary Clinton pantsuit <laughs> yeah, right. edition like in this like very gritty environment. Yeah. It would be very <laughs> weird looking. Uh, now we go to Lord Alfred who is live outside the Manhattan Center again. <laughs> also Lord Alfred in 93. What? Weird, right? Yeah. Vincent, I couldn't believe my eyes last week, but I certainly couldn't believe them this week. Something happened that you cannot imagine. Uh, he tells us that uh, I saw someone coming in in disguise, and you're going to be very surprised as to who it is. Mm. Meanwhile, back to ringside we go, where the smoking guns are actually making their television debut, Michael. Yeah, looking like 45-year-old Wild West roadside attraction attendants or something. <laughs> like they, They're so... The mustaches, man. They, they look so old. Well, Quinn, obviously, 1993 New York City is certainly a great place to debut a couple of molded porn stash smiling cowboys. Is this a debut? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, they acted like they'd been around no. or something. I mean, they were signed, but they never been on TV yet. Really? Remember the salsa commercial? Was it a old El Paso? New York City! That's what I thought of with this. <laughs> oh, this is very, like, city slickers <laughs> yeah, or whatever, right. like, they're going for here. Yep. New York City! Anyway, the guns shoot their blanks before Fink can even announce the jobbers, which is kind of funny. So their opponents here are Tony Vaja. Vagina? What, what, what is his name? Yeah. He looks stupid. And Glenn Ruth. Yeah, it's Winky. It's Let's th- go, Winky. Remember Winky? It's Thrasher. Winky Winky is mosh. Right. Winky is an old... We need the glossary for that. Like <laughs> yeah. That's an old, like, I, I forgot his name thing. From, like, episode 17 or something. Yeah, it's, it's forever th- ago. But anytime I see him, it's Winky. Winky. Yeah. Uh, Bill Alfonso, speaking of people, is the ref here. As Tony Chimmel takes the gun's crap away, Bart and Vaja start here. 
chicken vagina. What is that name? <laughs> Vaja. Bad name. What, why did they do that? Tony Vaja. <laughs> did, I mean, when you're, I'm saying like you're calling a match, right? Do you just call him Tony? Because you can't say Vaja constantly. <laughs> He's beating up Vaja. Beating up that Vodger, yeah. shooting blanks on that Vodger. Sounds terrible. Yeah, I'd like 6,000 chicken vaginas, please. Immediate schoolboy by Bart gets one. Hip toss, arm drag, you know, general high offense yeah. by the guns here. Tagged to Billy, same deal. Vodger gets all sly and tags in Glenn Ruth, who gets thrashed. Uh, Billy with a big rodeo clothesline. I gotta say, Quinn, I like the commentary team. They're really not bad. I don't They're care. Okay. I don't mind them. They're fine. They're really fine. Uh, tagged to Bart, double Russian leg sweep. There's so much denim in this match, too. <laughs> The, all I'm seeing is fucking Levi's everywhere. A lot of dungarees yeah. in this one. Uh, Vladimir is front row, by the way. Yep, Hugo's here. There he is. <laughs> Hugo. Another one for the glossary, Merkel. Yeah, yeah. Hugo. Hugo. Uh, Billy's back in with a doofus-looking elbow drop here. As the crowd is chanting something at the guns. I don't know what it is. While Bobby is in this tangent about how Lord Alfred's first girlfriend was 103 years old. I don't know why. Like, it's, just, it's like, fuck this match. Yeah. Like, basically. Bobby. Their, their big debut, and they're just like fucking around yeah. on commentary. Yeah, Bobby's just saying things. Just saying shit. Uh, Billy with a nice suplexa. Nicely done there. Barton now with an arm drag. Tag back to Billy, who lands a jumping leg drop onto the arm and lays on. It. Can they stop with the unnecessary tagging? Like, the fans don't even care. It's like literally like punch, tag, <laughs> kick, tag. Like, it, they're doing like nothing. Like, it's true. How is like Vaja even getting weakened down or winky or whatever? Like, like they're not doing enough offense to warrant a tag. <laughs> You're right. You know? It's like punch, punch. Oh, I got a tag now. It's not even punch, punch. It's just punch. <laughs> like, it's, it's literally like one move and tag. It's a little too much. It's very 1987 house show opener. Because that's like the. To me, it's in wrestling, they always do this thing that they say if you tag more, it somehow makes it better. But, like, if you don't do anything, like, <laughs> yeah. and it, like it's like You're if, just I wasting came, time. if I came in, looked at you, and tagged, somehow I'd get a compliment from fucking Billy Graham on the side <laughs> or whatever. Like, <laughs> look at the tags that make a brother yeah, gorilla and, monsoon exactly. and the tags. But, like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, if you don't do anything of note, it, what what is it accomplished? <laughs> Why did you pick Billy Graham of, I don't know. of I, all I'm just thinking of, like, 80s, like, random match on fucking challenge or whatever you know what i mean because yeah. <laughs> he seems like one of those people be like i'm a wrestler daddy and and, and you got a tag and a tag match or whatever yes you do billy graham yeah. uh, hi fans i'm rod trunk yeah exactly fuck this company yeah back up now power signed by billy bart's back in irish with billy backdrops ruth into a brutal pile driver by Bart for the win. Yeah, he almost killed Winky. <laughs> Maybe the pile driver drove his hair off or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, honestly, Quinn, not a bad debut. The team was always... Guns were always good. They just didn't have a lot to work he with. He just got to chill it on the tags. <laughs> it's a little too much there. A little there. less tagging, yeah. yeah. Good team, though. Vince now throws to an annoying WWF Mania promo after bragging. He's like, everybody's talking about Mania. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. Like, everyone... Mania. Yeah, we like, love Mania. Th this toddy's a sensation around the nation. New York's own, don't yeah. forget. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think, when this is that pre-debut promo from, like, that weekend, you know, yeah. where Todd's, like, so aggravating. With his swishy pants acting like Clarissa explains it all. Yeah. Like, seriously. It's terrible. Hey, Sam. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, I feel like that's about to happen. It's wild. It's crazy. It's excessive excitement caused by acute hyperactivity. Back to the table now where Randy and Bobby are talking amongst themselves about mania. Where's Vince? The bathroom? Like, what? That's really weird. Like, Randy and Bobby only. Yeah, that <laughs> is a weird visual, right? Yeah. And Savage is like, oh, you like Todd Pettengill? I like the show. I don't like Todd Pettengill. I agree. Funny. Yeah. You like Todd Pettengill? I like the show. I don't like Todd Pettengill. What 
They hype up the big Tatanka versus Terry Taylor match that'll be coming up on Mania. Bobby thinks Terry Taylor's going to win. So he likes the Red Rooster. What is that? When did that happen? Retcon, huh? Yeah. Seriously. It's like he didn't even remember this, like, horrible feud. Like, really bad. Like, not in a bad way, meaning, like, they really hated each other. Yeah, it's also horrible. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, the primetime thing, I know. The primetime thing is really good, where he throws him through, like, a fucking high school locker or whatever that is. You know what would have been... Yeah, <laughs> yeah what is the file cabinet. Yeah. You know what would have been a nice touch, and I don't know if they did it, is if terrific Terry Taylor in this run fought Steve Lombardi as like a... <gasps> you know, I wonder if they did that they might in have. a jobber match in like 93. In their reverse roles, and Bobby's like, I like him now. Yeah. <laughs> Get him! <'em. laughs> anyway, uh, up to ringside now. Oh, there's Vince. He's in the ring. He brings out the reigning Intercontinental Champion, Shawn Michaels. Mr. Nichols here makes his way out, looking, you know, very 93, but in a good way. Very 93, yeah, Sean. Very 93. Uh, the crowd here... In Manhattan Center, chance Sean is gay, you know, because the 90s. Only in New York. There you go. Uh, Bobby, <laughs> so funny. You hear that? Sean is great. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that? Sean is great. Vince wants to know why Mr. Perfect would attack Sean Michaels last week. Uh, I want to know why, too, because what? Yeah. He was just. There's no his provocation. Own business, yeah. Sean kind of ignores that and just says Vin Man and talks about whatever he wants. <laughs> he was saying Vin Man that early. Well, it was always his thing. Now I think Vin Man. You thought this guy was cool, huh? He was the coolest. Yeah. She wants to recap, though, Sean does, how he's a man of his word. First of all, he said he'd become the Intercontinental Champion, and he did. Fair point. Fair point. Yep. He says, uh, presto, changeo, which is also very annoying. He's cool, yeah. <laughs> very cool. <laughs> he's defended the title all over the world. And that isn't true because they don't have the kind of money to travel all over the world anymore. I highly doubt. If they're counting that whatever that thing was where the bad cameraman or whatever. But, <laughs> in Barcelona. Yeah. Whatever that was. Well, even at that. Uh, maybe. Sean, it probably was. Yeah. Uh, Sean Michael says he's beaten Jim Duggan. That's actually hard. So points for it. Like, to be fair, Duggan doesn't lose. <laughs> no, he's, he does not. Yeah. Oh, and he says that he's better than Mr. Perfect. Oh, that's also true. Ooh, heat for that one. Uh, Vince says that Sean has been a reluctant champion, and Sean's like, no, I'm the best. I've traveled the world. Again. Eh. The world. Uh, WW versus the world. Yeah, really. And he'll defend this belt, though, anywhere, anytime, Sean says, against anybody. Uh-uh, don't Uh-oh. say You know what happens in wrestling. You don't do anytime that. Anytime that happens. Not smart. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, a man with shorts, a hoodie, sunglasses, and white sneakers enters the ring. Dressed like public enemy. <laughs> like the, the wrestlers, not the, yeah, not not the, the group. Not the group. <laughs> like, Johnny Grunge, you yeah, mean, so right? It's like the same, like the stripy baseball purple Colorado Hoodie. Rockies thing or whatever. The shorts, sweat shorts or whatever yeah, they are. Yeah. It's real. It's Colorado yeah. Rockies. Remember when that was like a hot jersey when, yeah, they, came, they, were when they were new? Yeah, it's like, look at this purple. Like, <laughs> it, baseball with purple. Yeah. Anyway, you know who it is? It's Marty Jannetty. We haven't seen him since the Rumble. Marty Jannetty! That's Marty Jannetty! Marty grabs the mic. He's like, hey, you going to defend the title? Yeah, he's going to wrestle in those jean shorts. What's that about? <laughs> so Vince gets all hammy here, and he's egging on Sean. He's like, why do you do it tonight? Why do you do it what? tonight? I hate when Vince gets like this. He's like, why don't you? Yeah. Like, you should do it. It would be a good idea. Everyone would like it. Like, you, know, like, you know what I mean? Like he's, It's not like he's like running the company, no. Vince. It's like the, like, that would be really good. You should do it. Like, yeah. that version. It's, I don't like it. It's really hilarious how, like, over the top he's being, and Sean's just trying to weasel out. He's like, hey, yeah, 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 literally. <laughs> yeah. And Marty's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get my gear. Don't yeah. worry. I'll get my gear. Just lo- sit over there. Yeah. I'm going to go get the I'm gonna stuff. I'm going to go get my stuff. Yeah. I got to say, though, good little angle. I actually like it's it. It's not bad. It's, it's nice, quick, classic. Thrown. I mean, it really is out of fucking nowhere, but. 
It's a good surprise. Yeah. Because yeah. we haven't seen Marty since January. You know, tag team specialist, Quinn. Right. You know they were tag team specialists. They already fought, though. That's the thing. And that crappy match at the... Well, not cra- the match is okay at the Rumble. Sherry's, like, too involved. Yeah, and Marty's something yeah. at the Rumble. He's not okay. Right. Anyway, Vince promises a match tonight <laughs> as we go to break with Sean's music. I like how Sean's music <laughs> yeah. is playing like hilariously after Vince yelled about the match happening and Sean's like, no, 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 but his music's like victoriously <laughs> playing like <laughs> as if like almost like Vince mocking him. Yeah, like, it'll happen tonight. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're back now. We're bo- <laughs> we come back and we're in the middle of like Bobby bitching at Vince for it. He's like, this isn't fair, McMahon. You can't be doing this. Yeah, as if he runs the company. Yeah, He's not supposed to. As if Vince McMahon was in charge of this. Yeah. Uh, in the ring is one of the Rosatis as the raw girl mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as Razor Ramon's music hits. So the bad guy saunters out now in his purple gear. He avoids a kiss from the Rosati and Bobby's like, would you let a Winnebago kiss you? Yeah, and the Aww. crowd really is like, ooh. Yeah. Hey, that, was, that was actually funny. It is funny. Ooh. Wait, no, he doesn't let her. And Razor Ramon's opponent, some guy named The Kid. He's got blue tights with lightning bolts. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, And it says L Kid on the back. Yeah, and that's the kind of name, speaking of WCW versus the world, that's the kind of name you get in that fucking game when you take, like, the AKI man ripoff and, like, you have to put, like, a fake name on him. Like, L-Kid. L-Kid. Yeah. yeah. L-Dot-Kid. Like, seriously, it says that. Very jobber. Yeah. Uh, Razor's definitely over here in New York, because look at him. I mean, New York crowd is going to eat that right up, Razor Ramon. Oh, yeah, Ramon. it's like, look, he's like Scarface. Yeah. Right? We, know, we know. We know, and he's still a heel, but they like him. Yeah. Uh, me, Mike Kyoto here is a referee. Is he referee Mike Kyoto or is he just, it's just Mike, Mike Kyoto? Kyoto. Uh, the announcers are talking about how this kid has been here a few times, a few different names, Cannonball Kid, Hardlock Kid, mm-hmm. keeps losing, get a razor chant, toothpick in the eye, lock up, razor easily shoves the kid back, ridiculously loud slap that I have to put in because it echoes through the Manhattan Center. Oh, manhandling the giant Awesome beal toss out of the corner now as kid just flies through the air. Good bump. Yeah. A big-ass abdominal stretch, and the crowd is chanting for Razor again. Kind of an iconic one. I always remember them showing a screenshot of this abdominal stretch. Yeah, because he's pulling the leg back also. He's really got him, like, he's dead. Where's Gorilla? The kid's screwed. (laughs) You're not going to win with that. (laughs) Can't put him away with that. (laughs) Hook it the right way. Anyway, kid's off the ropes, duck under, but Razor catches him in a nice fallaway slam. Total domination by the Razor man here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, no, kids get no offense. Nothing. Yeah. Razor just now paws around with the kid a little bit. Corner whip, charge. Kid moves. Ooh. Razor whacks the post. The kid goes up for a moonsault, and he lands it. One, two, three. Well, he got him. He got him. The kid wins. Him. Oh, boy. Didn't, and he didn't expect that. No. He jumps around, celebrates, and runs away. No music either because he's a jobber, which is a nice touch. He just kind of like, he's like, yay, and then he yeah. like leaves. <laughs> it's really good. He's like, yeah. yeah, I won, and he leaves. And Razor, of course, freaks the hell out. The crowd is loving it. See, even though yeah. they were cheering him earlier, now they're just making fun of him. Well, because it's funny. He <laughs> it's lost funny. It. Like, for, this is, we don't know who this guy is yet. No. Like, he's not been introduced. It's no. not like. He had a couple of jobs. He doesn't matches. have X-Pac heat yet because he's not X-Pac. Right. Nobody knows. It's like, oh, this little, little baby just won or whatever. With the stupid blue tights. And that was unexpected. So everyone wants to get in on the fun and yeah. like, make fun of Razor. And it's just Razor selling it like it's yeah. the worst thing to happen to him, well, which I is mean, great. It's pretty bad considering he's got that king of the ring coming up. 
Good point, Quinn. Yeah. See, that's the thing. This is where it's like, if the heel sells stuff, it makes it, it gets it over more. Imagine if he like didn't care. Oh yeah, that no, would have been stupid. <laughs> you know then. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Selling. Try it. Anyway, Randy Savage, of course. What happened, brother? You got beat. Like trying to like just dig it in because he doesn't like Razor. <sighs> yeah, I I don't like this for whatever reason. It's I, just because Rand. No, the Randy oh, Savage, Savage. specifically because it's just like. Just he's in that in like, a little. mentor mode though also he's like i don't know brother it's not he's not saying it like a dick he's just kind of like yeah. like coach savage out there what happened though why'd you lose that one yeah you know, always talk to me about it right yeah. you know, it's weird <laughs> what happened brother hey you got beat brother what happened overall though this whole thing was very well done because like uh quinn was saying we don't know who this guy is yet Right. Unless you watch fucking Global or something, maybe Bonnie brought him in with Joe Pettacino. Oh God, there is a Bonnie connection, Mister Kid, <laughs> Mister L Kid, Mister Lightning. Uh, but anyway, obviously, folks, there's yes. so much Bonnie in this time. It's ridiculous. Like anytime we like think of anybody in this period, like you mentioned, them, Bonnie talked to them, hey, she's or good. she was connected to them somehow. I really don't mind her. It's um, just the funniest thing. It is funny. This whole thing, though, seriously, was very well done. And obviously, it was the birth of the one, two, three kid. Right. A very memorable early Raw angle. And really does, if you're just watching it in context, feels fresh and right. feels out of nowhere. It's good. Really well done. Uh, we go to break. We come back where Bobby is honking. At the, he's like, honk at the Raw girl. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> is it because headlights, boobs? I don't know what I, he was doing. He's just doing like a woohoo reference, yeah. basically. Honk, like, honk. Yeah. Oh, like he's driving by in a truck. Honking. Maybe. It just—it's one of those like whistle at the girl style so things. We, we probably don't need to overthink it, right? No, okay. I don't think so. Sorry. Tatanka's music fires up. Yay! I'm sure you're happy. Mm-hmm. You're always happy to see Tatanka, right? I'm sure, Fat Chief wasn't <laughs> with him, unfortunately. It's like '94, right? Yeah. He's out here though. No one really cares. Uh, Tatanka, the referee is—I have no idea, but he looks like a crook. Yeah. Scott Taylor is going to be our opponent with like really shitty hair because <laughs> he's a heel jobber, I guess. Yeah, the hip hop hippo himself. <laughs> he's here. It's funny he was like jobbing this early. '93. Yeah. yeah. This seems way too early for Scotty Too Hottie. Like this is Scotty Too Hottie, folks. Well, you like, know, the I, too cool. Listen, I was aware that Scotty Too Hottie had jobbed oh, in yeah. WF for years before he became Scotty Too Hottie, but this I early was '94. Truthfully, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember him. This I mean, early. this makes me wonder if there's like some weird, like late '92 job on like Maybe. fucking superstars or something. Could be, yeah. Could be '91 for all we know. You exactly. know, we just never saw it. Just a, he was like a journeyman, basically, yeah. a good wrestler. Yeah. Uh, the announcers, by the way, doing a great job of selling the Razor Kid thing. That's exactly what they should be doing right. during this match. Tatanka with a giant backdrop. He sends Taylor to the outside. Bunch of chops. I gotta say one thing positive about Tatanka here. What? His look is kind of cool and appealing if you're a kid, I think. With the oh, red yeah. hair and the blue. Like, he looks cool. Castle boots. Yeah. Like the, like he's, he, I got a very, like, Ultimate Warrior imitation vibe off of him little, here. A little bit, like, right? That, what the, that's what they were going for. A yeah. lot of the running around. Yeah. And, I you liked know, him Colorful as a kid. attire and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I really liked him as a kid. Yeah. But to me, this is the best period of him. It's like... 93, yeah. It's very shortly after this, like, where it's just like, well, he never enough. fucking wins. And yeah. it's like, he never wins the big one, so who cares? Exactly. Yeah. But he was still new enough here that it was like, oh, maybe there's some promise, you know? Right. Corner whip, another one is followed by a chop. Meanwhile, Bobby is giving out a bunch of toilet paper stats, and Savage is like, uh, you know, Ian and I think uh, you found your niche in society. Now, I personally put mine with the roll, like, the roll going, like, it's it's facing down, but you pull up kind of thing. Yeah, you, I know you what know you mean. What I, you that's know what, what I do, too. That, that's what Bobby's talking about. Yeah, now, I, I do, do it that, that way, too. Because I think it's weird if it's coming down and you're 
pulling in front. Yeah, you're I know. pulling down to get your toilet paper. Why would you you want to pull up towards you? I know, you know? what you're saying, Quinn. No, yeah. I agree with you. I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Nice power slam back to Tonka here. As I'm still trying to figure out who this referee is, he's very dirty looking. Corner whip as this match is still going on. Yeah, can we end this, please? Like <laughs> it's gone long, on long enough. And you know, the other thing is they keep acting like. This whole match, are like, well, it could be like the last match yeah. or whatever. Like, it's so fucking annoying. Yeah, Taylor with offense, by the way. Like, listen, we know jobbers don't normally win, but it's like for lightning to strike twice, no pun intended, is kind of like rare. Yeah, no, I agree, Quinn. You can't just have all the jobbers just winning now. Yeah, what is that? Yeah. Uh, Taylor, who is getting some offense in, his tights are like really crappy, by the way. At least Scotty's fighting back. Because he does know, you know? <laughs> you can tell Scotty because Scotty does know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ah, is- that movie will never get old to me. Yeah. Euro trip. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Vince is like, uh, hey, you can call the kid the one, two, three kid. And Bobby's all, hey, don't start that because the fans are going to call him that. Like, yeah. really? That's how they did that? That's It's official. Very it's ham-fisted. One, two, three. Uh, anyway, Tatanka's on the warp. Can we end this? Chop, chop, Irish whip, another chop, Samoan drop, bye. Cool. Yeah, it was longer than I'd hoped it would yeah, be, it but whatever. Unnecessary. <laughs> it yeah. It's okay. We now throw to a very WCW looking <laughs> mean gene. You know what I yeah. mean, where it's like, I'm ready to leave. It's just weird that it's <laughs> mean gene in 93 WWF. Like, I know. It's odd. And talking about like the, the Hulksters involved, yeah. too. Yeah, like King of the Ring 93 report, mean gene. It just yeah. feels very like. Taking on Big Van Vader at Super Brawl. You know what I mean? It yeah, feels like half that. Half of me is like, don't they have to do Thunder in Paradise yeah. or something? Like, you <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> what are they doing here? But anyway, even Gene is like selling how the kid won, which is a nice little touch of continuity, I guess. Yeah, we also get a bad Carl Lewis joke. Yeah, what what is going on here? Remember, this Vince m- needs to be topical on Raw. I just don't understand the like, why is this is the very rare, like the center or whatever, yeah. where like Mean Gene's very aware of what's going on in the Raw zone over there. Yeah, usually they're in a capsule by themselves, right? right? Hey, before we get to your King of the Ring report, what about this kid coming out of left field to knock off the season pro, Razor Ramon? But anyway, he hit the first ever King of the Ring, which is definitely the first ever tournament, and not there was never there was one never before one. that. It, this is it. This is it. This the is the one first tournament yeah. ever on June thirteenth in Dayton, Ohio. We're going to see the following: Yokozuna challenging the worst version of Hulk Hogan oh. ever for the WWF yeah. title. Yep. And of course, the big tourney, as Gene says, or tourney, 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 that we've been reading about in the magazines and the newspapers, we've been hearing about on the radio. What? People barely were aware of <laughs> WWF and 90. I'm not even joking. Like, this is a bad period for them. Like, they are yeah. not relevant anymore. <laughs> radio, yeah. Mike and the Mad Dog. Yeah, like uh, Kamala. Hey, Michael, I think uh, Bam Bam Bigelow has a good chance to win. Like, what Could you imagine, like... Yeah, dog. Thank God, Narcissus. Uh, he's gonna. He's gonna. He's got all. He's got the power. No, Mike. 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 Mr. Per- you, you, you gotta take a look at the record, Mike. Uh, Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, uh, how much does he weigh? Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Bret Hart was the world champion. He was a champion, dog. He threw salt in the eye. I don't care if he threw the salt. You know. Yeah, you Can know, you imagine? You know, you know what, dog? It doesn't matter because it's not real. You know, my my friend told me when I was a kid, it's not real. Mike, that's not the point. Yeah, no. that kind of Can shit. You imagine like, they're them? talking deeply about this fucking bullshit. I'd he listen. doesn't even know like who John Cena is. Like now, yeah. who's uh, how many fights? Yeah, <laughs> like, who's the big guy? John Cena. Who? Argentina Rocco. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're gonna have the following so far: Bret Hart versus Razor. That one's all set up in a qual in a first round. Hacksaw versus Bam Bam. That's a weird hacksaw. What? You know, I know. Well, hacksaw. I still mean, there. Unbeatable. Okay. Very hard to beat. Yeah, very hard to beat. Tatanka versus Luger. 
mm-hmm. Mr. Luger, and one more qualifier to come this weekend as Shawn Michaels is going to take on Crush in a non-title match. Plus, another qual- another qualifier coming up is Mr. Hughes. Mr. Hughes versus Kamala. And I don't even remember Kamala or Hughes being in the tournament. <laughs> Hughes is the one that wins. Yeah, yeah I don't even, I don't remember. That's okay. The, King of Ring 93 is going to be fun when we do it on Patreon because I have not watched that in so long. So you're just going to hold off on watching anything that you haven't seen, right? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what I'm doing, yeah. too. And I, I cannot remember the last time I watched King of the Ring 93. I don't even, like, all I know is Brett looking dumb in a crown. <laughs> like, it's like and King getting that involved. That is real. Yeah. That, that is yeah. what happens. As Gene now throws us back to Raw and talks about how he's got Sensational Sherry joining him on the next All-American Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Kamala enters the ring by himself, no slick. We go to break now. We come back where Kamala's music is still playing. While geishas are in the ring, Kamala looks around stupidly. Can I just say this, Kamala? This is the Kamala. Just remember this, right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's May of 93, right? Yes. Less than a year ago, at SummerSlam 92, he was like in this big fucking match with The Undertaker. And Survivor Series. And now he's this big fucking loser. Yes. Like, you know, he's, he's like just some ancillary person fighting even, Yokozuna. Even Slick has abandoned him. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's real. What, what a fall from <laughs> grace. It's like, true. Yeah. It's true. Uh, we now get a promotional consideration paid for by Ike Pro and Tatanka. When Tatanka works out in the WF gym, he wants Ike Pro. That's right. Gotta and, want it. And you then, gotta. <laughs> and then, you gotta. It's and then, real. Randy Savage fucking hates chips as usual fuck chips snap into a slim gym oh yeah like he's serious like he like rips up a bag of chips like this shit sucks like get a fucking slim gym asshole no listen i'm sorry but i'd rather have a giant bag of chips in a plastic meat flavored tire pressure gauge like uh, honestly slim gym is pretty good but not as a substitute for chips i usually get beef jerky once a week it's my treat i get it from the grocery store now quinn you are being snacks. very generous if you're calling slim gym beef or jerky okay it's like a beef link Basically, it's a piece of plastic. What? Don't, don't, I like them. Don't, don't get me Slim, wrong. Don't crap on them. Remember when Slim Jim made the like, I don't know if they still make it, but remember when they made the one where it was like, it was like a thicker piece yes. and it was kind of, I used to eat, I used to eat that a lot when I watched wrestling. No joke. <laughs> when I was a kid, like that specific one. Other companies make those and they're really good. Yeah. The thicker beef stick or yeah, whatever beef they call stick. it. Yeah. It's not like in the stick form though. It's more like a it's like a slice of jerky. It's or a so. wad. It, well, yeah. not even a wad. It's like a an extruded rectangle yeah. of beef. Yes. And it's delicious. It's wonderful. We get a shot of two gay girls now who I'm almost positive neither are Asian, by the way. Which I think one is one and one is be. not. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, uh Mike, you know, they're doing the whole thing. Yeah, and Mike Kyoto making sure the ceremonies <laughs> proceed. He's memory's like, break, don't yeah. don't touch there's there's flowers here. Watch out. Like, you know. Someone's gotta watch out for yeah. that stuff. Uh, speaking of which, Yokozuna's out here now. He's got Fuji with him, of course, as Vince says Hulk Hogan has to be watching. Yeah, I'm sure Hulk Hogan's paying attention to anything WWF related in 93. He's just sitting home with the fucking belt. Yeah. Doing nothing. Or he for might this not even company. have the belt. He might have just left it <laughs> yeah. at, at Stanford and just been like, yeah, I'm making movies, brother, or whatever. <laughs> He's like, though, useless in yeah, 93. Yeah. Anyway, Yoko takes a million years to do his whole thing with the robe and all the other crap. Well, it's the salt ceremony, you know, the Fuji salt that he always carries. True. I mean, Lord's here. He knows. Yeah, he knows. Yeah. Uh, Savage talks about how a lot of people think it should be Bret Hart getting a rematch. Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it should. Uh, Yoko does his sumo squat while lunging at Kamala. They collide and Yoko staggers. And battle the fat here. A lot of fat. Yeah. Gorilla's not here to tell us if the ring was reinforced, though. I don't I'm know. I'm sure it was. was by Mike Kyoto. 
Because remember, he set up the He's ring at the ring ring yeah. <laughs> There's pictures of him at the Manhattan yeah. Center doing this. Yeah. Like, in his fucking rolled down socks. You know, like that 90s look. Yeah, with yeah. Tony Chimmel, I yeah. think, was another ring tech for this. Yep. Uh, we go again now. Yoko staggers even more. This is the most cheering for Kamala I've ever heard in my life, by the way. Yeah, they like him here. Yeah. They do. Yeah. They're like, to be fair, like, they're like, they like him. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> Yokozuna stinks. <laughs> It's real. This is the fat guy we like. Yeah, we Kamala. like this fat guy. He's the original fat guy. <laughs> he is, to yeah. be fair to Yoko, yeah. Uh, Kamala lunges, duck under, kick to the gut, chop, 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 but Yoko lands a quick shot to the throat. Kamala goes down, headbutt by Yoko. A few more as Vince now talks about how while Yoko is busy getting fat, Hogan is leaning out. Hmm, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Yoko lands a big-ass leg drop. Well, this is over. Yeah. <laughs> He drags Kamala to his feet, though, and tries to punch, but Kamala blocks! What? Nails some chops off the ropes again, but Fuji grabs the leg of Kamala. Mm. Kamala turns around right into a sidekick, and then an avalanche in the corner by Yoko. And a running fat. Or whatever. <laughs> running fat. Yoko lands another running fat for good measure. Kamala's down and out now. Yoko scales the ropes, Bonsai drop, and goodbye. Honestly, though, not bad. Very standard fare. Yeah. Yoko's in a squash. Yeah. It's weird that he squashed Kamala. Yeah. Isn't well, that weird? He's not doing anything anyway. No, he's really not. Uh, we get a promo now for the Gene and Bobby green screen tour. I hate this so, it's <laughs> so much decline. This is this is like very reflective of what's going on right and now. It's, it's a shame too, Quinn, because it's Bobby and Gene. They're right. good, but this version of All American is butt. It's, it's very stinky. It's like they're trying prime time, but on All American, and it's just not the same. Yeah, nothing it, was. It's not good. Nothing's ever been the same. Yeah, as uh, prime time. They never ever. Other than that, like bingo break thing. Check it out on the OVP YouTube. <laughs> That's right. We are the exclusive host of that for now until someone steals it. Weirdly, <laughs> I know. Uh, Bobby's got tickets though. He says to New York, L.A., Las Vegas, Paris. Oh, Mars. I want to see no, the Mars episode. Mars ep- I'm sure they green screen that. Yeah, that, wouldn't that be amazing? They probably just reused the shit from um, what's the one where Mooney and Invasion. Is, invasion, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's Sundays at 12 on USA. If you care, back to ringside now, where Bobby is again bragging about how Sherry likes him and should be on all American. I don't know. There's a whole episode. He keeps talking about this. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what that angle is. Yeah, uh, but Sean's music kicks in now as he saunters out. Why is he coming out first? Isn't he the champion? I've told you with the IC, they don't care. It's weird, it's, though. It, yeah, but it, usually they don't care with He's the IC. He's defending the belt here. The face with always comes out last. The way he comes out, out first, though, is like, I always see it as this, is if the you know, if the champion comes out first, it's a non-title match, specifically. When usually with the IC, <laughs> the, almost always, the champion just comes out, I mean, the heel comes out first. Right. It's very rare for the IC that the heel doesn't. For right. the world, yeah. back in the day, the champion always came out last. Yep. But Very anyway, strange. we go to break again where Sean's in the ring wearing his black tights with the white cow spots. Gotta give Sean credit for doing the match, Quinn. No notice or He's anything. A man He's of doing his it. word. That's right. Man of his word. He is. I gotta yeah. be fair. As Marty's music fires up, I mean the Rockers music, and he right. comes out with his 94 Hasbro Rockers tights and a vest. At least he doesn't have the Rockers shirt on. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That weird whatever that is. Yeah. Although it didn't bother anyone that Marty kept the music and gear. Like, yeah. it made him like a bigger loser. It's like the Coco Beware with the WWF on his butt or yeah. whatever. It's like that. It's not good. He's literally got the trunks on from Royal Rumble 91. It is. When no, they're fighting the Orient express it is it are those trunks and the yeah, good orient express the, by the way. yeah the kato version yeah uh, i gotta say this about marty though he's definitely not under the influence here we're gonna see he is good yeah. here fonzie is the referee again not that not that Fonzie. no not fuck fonzie yeah the other one the other fonzie <laughs> i guess no earl here to steal the spotlight that's good so lock up here sean backs marty to the corner pounds away cross corner ram to the buckle sean tries another but marty blocks it irish whip is reversed by marty sean rams the post schoolboy by marty gets two off the ropes parrot leapfrog sunset flip by marty gets two both 
both men up. Good stuff. Nice pace. Nice pace here. Lock up again. Side headlock by Marty. Shove off. Duck under by Marty again. Sean tries a hip toss. Marty lands on his feet. Ducks a punch. Lands a clothesline. Sean's up, but Marty 360s. Sean to the outside. Marty now with a baseball slide and a skin the cat back in, followed by a running Piscato to the floor. It's very good. This is, is a good match. This is the Marty we needed earlier. And also Sean. Well, Sean's been good. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying, like, Marty, we needed him at Rumble 93, like, having he his shit together. He show up. He was he, something was wrong there. He's so you know, can't trust him. When he's good, he's good. Right, but the problem is, is that's like ten percent of the time. time. I know, it, like, it gets declining as it, the years less go on. Percentage, but he's good here. Yeah, really good. Big Marty Chan as Sean tries to get it together on the outside. Marty hops up, tosses him back in. Sean's begging off. Irish whip, head down. Sean with a kick. Irish whip again by Sean, but Marty ducks a super kick. Off the ropes, Japanese arm drag by Marty. Flying head scissors gets a very close two count for Marty. He lays on this for a bit as the crowd's chant for him again. Now Vince says that no one knows Sean better than Marty Janetti. Except maybe Mr. Perfect? Just shut up. That's what not, is that? I don't know. That like, never made sense. It, <sighs> He's trying to say that, like, because Mr. Perfect's feuding with him now, that somehow he knows Shawn Michaels better than Marty Jannetty, who was his tag partner for, like, four <laughs> years or whatever. Like, yeah, they... Ne- Perfect and Shawn had nothing to do with each other, literally, until WrestleMania 9. Literally, their feud is based off almost nothing. Like, it's just like... <laughs> a kick near a shed. Shawn Michaels is having a conversation with Narcissus. That's all it is. It's based on being impolite. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. Such a weird feud. Really weird. But anyway, Shawn flips out of this head scissors, but misses an elbow. Irish whip by Marty. Back body drop, corner whip, and Shawn takes a trademark turnbuckle bump. Upside down to the floor. Shawn now just decides, you know what, fuck it. I'm taking my belt from Finkel. Going to the back, and just as he gets to the uh, entranceway, Mr. Perfect wanders out, and Sean has to beg off. Oh, no. How's this shit fair, by the yeah. way? Like, seriously. Perfect just gets to stop. Yeah. Like, to be fair to Shawn Michaels, I know, like, everyone's all mad because he bails or whatever, but he's his prerogative. Got, it really is his prerogative. He's like, allowed to He's get working out. within the rules. It's true. Like, no, it's, he's allowed. If they said, like, no count outs, then that's fine. But, right. like... He's allowed. Yeah. Yeah. You are allowed to get counted out. Yeah. Uh, We go to breakdown. We come back where Sean is getting his ass kicked by Marty in the ring. So Marty tries another flying head scissors, but Sean leverages him over the ropes for a hot shot. Sean with some choking now is perfect as that ringside. Really bad punches by Sean in the corner. I hate his stupid (laughs) quick punches. It's it's like the fake macho man. It's like he's like imitating him. Yeah, but they look bad. I just always thought that that was Sean's version of that. It is, but yeah. they're poor. Uh, Savage calls Mr. Perfect the lumberjack of the century, you know, for preventing Sean from leaving. Right. And Bobby's like, no, he's a jackass of the century. Uh, he's a jackass of the century. Hey, 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 let's be nice. It's kind of funny. Bobby's funny. <laughs> Sean stomps away as Vince yells about how anything can happen here. And Bobby has a great line. You never know what can happen here. I hate it here. <laughs> yeah. Which is very, like, emblematic of this time period. Yeah. I hate this fucking company. It sucks now. <laughs> You never know what's going to happen here. I hate it here. Sean with a chin lock for a while. I swear this shot was in the magazine at some point. I'm not even kidding. I had like the Shawn Michaels like spotlight magazine where it was like just about his career or whatever. Yeah. Had him in the blue sparklies on the cover. From 95 probably or 96. And it gave like a rundown of HBK's career up to that point. This is a notable part of his career though. This feud with Janetti in 93. It's very good. Uh, Marty to his feet, but Sean with a corner whip. Nice drop kick. Irish whip again. Sean tries another drop kick, but Marty lands a slingshot. As Perfect looks on all dumb in like a white windbreaker. It says his name on the white windbreaker. It's crummy. Yeah, it's, it's really dumb. <laughs> he was like pointing to what it at one point. What is this windbreaker era? Like Bobby windbreaker? Like everyone's got a fucking windbreaker. Maybe they're cheaper. I don't know. <laughs> Seriously. Stupid. Sean rams the post though. 
And now both men are down as Alfonso starts his count. Marty crawls over for a very close to Irish whip by Marty is reverse head down but Marty slams Sean down to the mat Irish whip again spinning back elbow by Marty big right hands Irish whip again duck under snap power slam by Marty gets a very close to very good shit very good shit pal corner whip Marty with a twisting crossbody for two off the top Michaels tries a kick he gets caught Marty tries an atomic drop Sean flips over the back O'Connor roll attempt by Marty Marty rolls over Sean reverses grabs the tights for Two. Sean then just lands a super kick out of nowhere. Marty is down, but Sean takes this opportunity to scale the ropes and taunt Mr. Perfect in the corner. Oh, please no. So Perfect tosses his towel. Sean staggers around and walks right into his small package. One, two, three. Damn it. Oh, Mr. Perfect is throwing with his towel. New Intercontinental Champion, Marty Gennetti. Uh, and he celebrates with the belt. Perfect celebrates with him. We go to break. Quinn, hell of a match. Great match. Um, ending isn't as good as I remembered. I, I didn't realize Mr. Perfect was so involved. Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like there was a little bit, something to separate that a little bit more. He but just throws a towel at him. Like, yeah. Flat out. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like... I gotta say, it just makes it look like Marty Jannetty just capitalized on a good situation. Well, you know, just like Ricky Steamboat with the George Steele thing right, at WrestleMania yeah. 3. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, we come back where Bobby Heenan's distraught. Yep. Vince and Savage, of course, are happily talking about how great Raw was. <laughs> like, what a show! <laughs> it was you know, like, good. Yeah, they're like congratulating themselves, yeah. basically. And like we said, Quinn, this truly was the prototype, the archetype of a great Raw episode for the early period. Yep. I loved it. Hot angles, couple of fun matches excitement. It was just fresh. It was good. Yeah, classic episode of Raw probably cemented it as the A show, yep. I would say. And hopefully they can maintain that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Uh, if they don't move to the aircraft carriers. There you go. Like, That's all we need. Yeah. Things are only going to get better, right? Right. Yeah. It's going to get so good. <laughs> yep. That was, I just wanted to do that because it was just fun to just revisit that. Yeah, it's a it's a classic episode. It's a good episode. Uh, obviously, the most remembered things from it are Marty and Sean and Razor and Kid. But to see the full episode in context, I mean, you got to see a, a fun little squash by uh, Yoko and Kamala. Yeah. Tatanka thing was whatever. And the Guns debut was actually fine. It was just a fun episode. Good stuff. Good, good episode. Good, great episode. And folks, we hope you thought this was a great episode of OVP as we have romped you through the world of retro wrestling yet again to kick off season 20. Of course, we will be back next Monday for episode number 192 we will be reviewing something we'll be taking more questions on ask OVP ask ask and of course the royal flush will start off that'll be a mm. lot of fun in the meantime visit visit us on Twitter at OVP podcast remember if you want all the pay-per-view reviews patreon.com slash OVP podcast try it out and leave us a review on iTunes Apple Podcasts if you don't mind but until that time until next week I'm Joe Murata that's Michael Quinn and we're out of here. See ya. And Bobby the Brain Heenan's favorite television show, quite naturally, is All-American Wrestling. You know why? Why? I'm the host. I, I am here. Uh-huh. All over America, people are watching All-American Wrestling. That's because Bobby the Brain Heenan and myself are traveling all over the country to bring you the best action the World Wrestling Federation has to offer. I got tickets to New York, to Los Angeles, to Las Vegas, to Paris, even Mars. Mars? That's impossible, Bobby. The World Wrestling Federation said they'll spare no expense to make sure we're happy. Gene and Bobby are hitting the road. Sundays on USA. Hey, you think the next time they could at least pass the fucking, fucking potatoes? potatoes.